Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, Kid Presentable. Whoa, you know, this guy, this isn't a visual medium, but I uh, accidentally turned on captions while we're doing this. And man, That's fun. Google's captions is capturing what you guys say perfectly. There is nothing lost in translation here. Well, you're talking to two people, well, all three of us, really, with Android phones. I mean, I'm just saying, they've had years of uh, material. I want to say, like, we've been doing this for five years. We pronunciate perfectly, and Google very, can track it. Very nice. Um, all right, boys and girls, no lavender gooms this week. Got to take care of some family issues. But we got his picks for this weekend's two title fights, but really three title fights, because the third one, that other fight's five rounds, too. So Mike's definitely going to sleep through the main event. UFC 263 card. Can so, I just chime in? Mike has family visiting. Mm. He does not have family issues, so I don't want to make any of our oh, I said issues alarmed oh, my for bad. the well-being of Mike's family. Oh. Everything's good. He's just and got he's family in town visiting. taking care of them. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like he's going out back. <laughs> They're all, yeah, okay. Um, he was telling me earlier today he was trying to work. Let me just spill the beads here. And he's like, yeah, my nephew came into my room and was just like, you busy, Uncle Mike? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm working. Cool. Can you take me to get ramen? <laughs> Just damn right, I can. <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to get ramen, right? He's like, yeah, right a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, the answer to that is yes. Let's get some ramen. All right, kids. Uh, we didn't do a show last week. Hope you all had a nice Memorial Day. Um, doing whatever you did on Memorial Day. It's also my dad's birthday. He wasn't here because he'd rather spend it, you know, enjoying his trip <laughs> away you know, from you, away from me. <laughs> did I've been staying with him for like five months? He's sick of me. He's like, this is um, a vacation. <laughs> I gotta get the fuck out of here too. So we actually like each other again. Um, but yeah, we got, uh, we figured it was a good time. There wasn't really a lot going on. I don't entirely understand why, because the UFC abandoning Memorial day weekend is one thing. Bellator didn't put on a show, but this week they have probably their best fighter fighting on Friday evening. Um, I think he is at least, um, in uh, Douglas Lima, um, so, or well, it's him or Pitbull, honestly. Um, so I don't know about that. And PFL, I don't think put on a show. And this week, PFL's got the debut of Clarissa Shields, which we'll mention nice. in a little bit. Man, I saw that I was pulling up MMA Junkie and I was looking at what's coming up like I normally do. And it said Shields versus Elkins. And I'm like, no way. Uh, uh, like, Shields back, Shields. And I'm like, is Darren Elkins 170 pounds now? And then I looked, I'm like, I was, I mean, look, I'm interested in Clarissa Shields, but part of me was like, oh man, not Jake Shields. And then I went to Jake Shields' Instagram account, and Jake Shields has got views on the world that me and him don't necessarily agree with in 2021. Not surprising. Not surprising. <laughs> Jake's not a big mask guy, folks. Not a big mask guy. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the biggie boy um, going out there, fighting um, Augusto Sakai, a fight which, which I'm pretty confident Augusto Sakai did no, uh, did, did no work in the film room prior to this fight. Did not know what he was getting into because end of the round, he did not see, seemed a little surprised that Biggie Boy was going to blitz him. And I'm like, well, I've seen him do that before. 
And then he was also like turning his back to Biggie Boy a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I've seen Biggie Boy knock people out that way too. So yeah, not a great performance from Augusta Sakai. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, some news this week. We'll talk about uh, Jimmy Jack Paul versus uh, Floyd Mayweather. A um, couple other things that happened. Ariel Hawani leaving ESPN. Um, some uh, There was something else that was news, I'm sure, somewhere in that equation. Make our picks for UFC 263. Um, picking six fights because we've got a number one contenders bout happening on uh, ESPN, I believe, or ESPN2 um, with JoJo Calderwood and Lauren Murphy. We'll talk about that. Do little stuff we like. I was hoping Mike would be here so we could both lament the fact that we spend our time watching uh, Jupiter's Legacy. And it's just not a show anymore. <laughs> just yeah, Mark, I don't know if you heard the about the watch cancellation, but I was like, hey, so me and Mark don't need to get on it, board on yo, that train. It was We're number okay. one. <laughs> I mean, just missed that. It box. was the number one. It said their stupid app said number one show on Netflix for like three weeks. I'm like, I guess, I guess we're good. Not enough. Yeah, you, know, you can't just pay Josh Dumal. Trump change is what we learned. He's an expensive guy. You, this show's expensive. I think what Netflix learned is whatever they pump out gets watched mm. because people who have Netflix will just watch whatever their thing is. There, there's got to be levels to it because they there was some other show that I'd heard about called like Shadow and Bones, mm. which did get picked mm. up for a second season. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know that it's comic booky, but I know like a lot of the nerd channels that talk about superhero stuff on YouTube. were talking about that show. So another one I haven't checked out yet, but Bobby, maybe you'll check it out, and maybe I'll then yeah, check I, it out based on your review. I saw that the cast of Netflix, of, of uh, Jupiter's Legacy was like, "Oh, Hulu, pick us up," and I'm like, "If I'm Hulu, I might think about it because you know this got a built-in audience on some level. Wouldn't be the worst idea." Um, now that I'm just rambling, is Loki this week? Yeah, it's Friday. It is Friday? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right. Yeah, I mentioned it. Biggie Boy, Augusto Sakai. Um, Marcus, I don't think we learned anything new. Biggie boy hits hard. Yeah, it, it was kind of a lackluster first round and kind of like thankful Biggie boy finished it because yeah. um, it was a lot of Sakai circling out to his to Biggie boy's left side. And that's almost like kind of what cost him the fight. Right at the, the 10 second clap, he circled to the right and he was <laughs> I kind of think he was like, oh, no, that's not right. And I think at that point, Biggie boy was like, OK, I'm not going to just going to take one shot. I'm going to actually try to hit him with my right hand. Um, and even though he did start circling to the left, um, he kind of clipped him like behind the head, behind the ear, and it dropped him. And it was literally like a couple seconds left, but uh, he sealed the deal because with his follow-up ground and pound, the two he followed up with a left hammer fist, which hit him clean and basically left him unconscious. He followed up with a left hook, which also hit clean. It was kind of one of those things where that punch probably wake, woke him up a little bit. Um, and, but that was enough for, I think it was Herb who was calling it was like that. Yeah. Y- y- you just went unconscious and he hit you another time. This fight. Um, first I was kind of thinking like, man, you know, like it was right at the end of the round. Like maybe they could have given the benefit of the doubt and let it go. But he also, those two punches cut him really bad and he, he seemed pretty out of it. So yeah. that was a good, I, I, th- I think we were all done. We're like, nothing's happened for about four minutes. Let, yeah, let's see it, what was, it was very lackluster. So, you know, I think Biggie Boy saved us a couple rounds. Of yeah, I heard happening. I saw someone on Twitter refer to Biggie Boy as the wish.com version of Francis Ngannou. And I'm like, that's kind of mean. He doesn't look he's just black and has power. We're calling him that now. <laughs> yeah, Francis Ngannou I mean, is like, if anything, a very different fighter. He but. is the uh, what's a, what's the higher? What's the better? What's the better website where you buy shit? I'm trying to think. He's that version of Kimbo Slice. Rest in rest in peace, Kimbo Slice, you know, because he's okay. got a Kimbo Slice. Look at him at least. Um, Biggie Boy, biggest strike against that man is that he knocked, he lost out, he lost to the current champion in 20 seconds. And, um, I think his other loss was 
Cyril Gane, right? Let me look that up. Um, mm, that might have been. That might have been. Was that the Gane fight that was kind of tactical? And he, yeah, where like, we, Gane went, spent twenty five minutes showing us that he knows how to strike, basically, mm. and do what he needs to do. I mean, he's thirty three years old. Well, I mean, Biggie Boy, if anything, we know he's going to be around. You know, yeah. you just stick around. You hit your heavyweight prime in about three years. We'll see what's happening. Yeah, if we learned anything, it's that these heavyweights will stick around for another decade. Yeah, it's not the deepest way. It's not the deepest thing out there. Um, Steph Sakai, he didn't look like he got hit that hard. You were asking me what happened. I'm like, he barely got hit, <laughs> and he was done. <laughs> like I said, Bob, uh, I was talking to Mark. My takeaway from this fight was uh, Sakai got knocked out, and yet when they went to read the winner, he was doing that Clay Guida. I'm holding out that number one. They might just call my name. I may have activated the old UFC cheat code where you win when you get knocked out. Um, that was just the one. Funny yeah, two uh, two straight losses, both knockouts. The only lost knockout losses of his career. Lost in a fifth round knockout to Alistair Overeem back last September, and uh, lost uh, this fight to Biggie Boy. Um, both in Las Vegas in the Apex. Hmm. Um, co-main event, man, Walt Harris. Oh. Um, were you listening to the part where they were just like, Walt Harris says he solved his stamina issues and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and right there, Walt Harris blitzkriegs that motherfucker. Like, Blitz, Walt Harris unclips everything he has and Marcin Tybora. And I'm like, all right, Walt. All right, Walt. And then, well, then, then Walt ends up on his back and he looks real tired, Mark. Like, yeah, yeah that was... It's- I don't it's like really watching him lose still, man. Like, I think he was doing so well before. The, I mean, look, he, real life happened with that man, and it was fucking tragic. But it is not these last three fights, I think it is now, have mm-hmm. not have gone as bad as possible, honestly. Well, they haven't, though. <laughs> that's, and that, that's, that's what makes it almost, like, bittersweet, is, like, he does well in all these fights. He was doing well in this fight. He just, I don't know if it is a stamina thing, if it's an adrenaline dump, um, but he does really well in those first couple minutes and it seems like if he can't put them away he has like serious issues after that like the stamp the the tank gets depleted he doesn't get a second wind um and this fight you know marcin was just able to get on top of him and he got his back and flattened him out and and it wasn't even like devastating ground and pound from the back it was just it was one of those instances where the referee's like all right it's been 20 little rabbit punches but you're you're completely flattened out you're just covering up i have to call it and it's just it's like damn like you see the greatness in him, but it always seems to slip through his fingers. And honestly, in this fight, he looked a little heavier, too. I, I don't know if that was yeah, just I, me. Yeah, I thought so, like- too, honestly. I, but they're just saying he solved the stamina issues. I'm like, all right, man, I believe you. But Yeah, so, I mean, it's just sad because, you know, not that long ago, it seemed like he was a real potential, you know, contender well, got- or prospect. And now that's really gone 13 down. wins, all 13 by knockout. 13 and yeah. 7 overall. I mean, he's 37 years old. We got to see what happens from here. Marcin Tybura, 35 years old, has strung off five straight wins. Uh, Sergey Spivak, Max Griffin, Ben Rothwell, Greg Hardy, Walt Harris, the last two being knockouts. Um, I mean, five wins in a row at heavyweight, man. Let's, uh, let's throw him in there. And, you know, when the UFC still fucking around with John Jones in three months, they can tell us somehow that Marcin Tybura is the number one contender yeah, rightfully. I, I, you know. he, he needs a big win. You know, Walt Harris isn't bad, but, you know, coming off those losses, you know, his name has gone, you know, the shine's a little off. So he needs, he needs a real contender. Um, I think, were they saying, oh no, I think Biggie Boy was going to, they were saying he was going to fight Curtis Blades. I don't know who you, you match up Marcin with that doesn't already have a Are they fight. doing Biggie Boy with Curtis Blades? Is that a real thing? I like, think, I think that's what, I think that's what people are speculating. Oh, okay. Um, and, I mean, it would make sense. Or 
Every Mark time Seenan, I go, Curtis every time Page I go or... to the UFC rankings, Steph, I just feel like I'm wasting everybody's time because I'm like, who who came up with these? They're terrible. Um, but Cyril, Cyril Gane is number three right now. Mm-hmm. Derek Lewis is number two. Volkov's up there. Ooh, there's some interesting people. That that was number eight. Walt Harrison earlier that, and then we had Augusto Sakai at number nine. Biggie boys. Yeah, this is not a good weight class. Not a good weight class at all. No. Um, Ponza if Dibio. I'm being honest, I, I don't know who's all fought each other either. Like on that back end, I, assume I don't they all know have. who has wins against who. Like, so it's hard for me to even like picture matchmaking. Do, right do now you feel the UFC cause... books a lot? Seth, do you feel the UFC books a lot of five round heavyweight main events for fight nights that we ultimately have to pay attention to and wonder why are they making these big guys fight five rounds? Well, that's the thing is, you know, I kind of loosely joked, like, I got better things to do than watch this fight card on Saturday, and I didn't watch this fight card, <laughs> but that's, it's one of those things they bank on, heavyweights guarantee action, right? There's usually finishes in heavyweights, so on a card that's low on star power, these heavyweight matches get made, you know? Um, that's why I'm not sure who fought, because they probably all fought on cards I've mostly skipped. You know so, what, let's um, get Francis, yeah. let's get Francis versus Blagoy, Steph, because Blagoy can take anything. Like, Look, if Blagoy Ivanov is on the card, I'm watching, right? <laughs> like, I, I just talked about what I won't watch. I talk about, about what I will watch, and that is the unkillable Blagoy Ivanov. He, you can beat him, Bobby, but you can't kill him. You can't. Can't be done. Um, Marcus, they're saying that uh, Ponzinibbio went out there against Matt Miguel Baeza, and it was a crackerjack of a fight. Just a damn war, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, I mean, when, much like Stefan. I have better things to do Saturday night. I don't have better things to do Sunday morning at 5.30 when I'm on the toilet. So that's usually <laughs> when I watch these fights. And so I had the hindsight of seeing like everyone saying like, oh, this is like fight of the year candidates. So the bar's raised high. And we, we talk about it every year when we do our fight of the years. Like there's certain criteria that I look for in a fight. Um, so I'm watching this fight and it's a good fight. Like it's a solid good fight. And I'm through like the first two rounds, I'm like, this is a good fight. This isn't like fight of the year worthy. Or if this is fight of the year, this is a weak ass year. Um, but then the third round really turned it up in the last couple minutes in the third round, and actually like the last 10 seconds, it was pretty good. I mean, for me, like fight of the fight of the year is like a fight where like some guy gets hurt bad and he comes back and he hurts the other. Like there's these big think, swifts in momentum. I mean, this, this is just me, maybe, Mark, but do you ever feel like I need some sort of stakes? Yeah, like some, I, I it doesn't hurt, you know. Stakes is really that's big. Like, for me, a, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying it needs to be necessarily for a title, but the third fight on a random fight night in you know, I'm not sure. It's, it was gonna have to take a lot. Yeah. So, like, I think we all have different criteria. I, I know for you, like, stakes mean a lot. Like having a belt on the line and having you know the stakes being as high as they are, that really raises the elevation of a fight. Mm. I mean, for me, it's more of the fight itself. But like I said, I really like to see a fight where like. I think this one guy's done. He got hurt. He's caught in something horrible. And then he comes back and he hurts the other guy. And there's this big pendulum swift of momentum that's going back and forth. This fight didn't really have that. It was mostly Miguel doing really well in the first round, just being technical. Uh, Ponzinibbio just like kind of having a hard time finding his range. And the second round, he starts getting better. I think what makes it fight of the year candidate is kind of like there was constant action. It was not boring at any moment. And the third round is kind of when they both were just like, okay, we really got to get this going. And that's when Ponzinibbio landed a lot of better punches. And I think what kind of what puts it in that category for me is, is those last 10 seconds, they kind of go for it. And I, I think it was like the last second of the fight. Ponzinibbio hits him with a straight right. Dude's mouthpiece flies out. There's blood everywhere. It's like, that's that's when you encapsulate a, a moment in that fight. Like, that's the moment. It's like, okay, this is a pretty badass fight. Still, like... 
at the end of the year, if this is the only thing that comes to mind, especially when we talk about some of the fights that are coming up on this next fight card, like I'm going to be kind of disappointed. And we have a rematch like, for arguably. Ex- we have a rematch of the definitely the, fight the male fighter, the male fighter of the year for sure. Yeah. Fight of the year for sure. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this is a great fight. This is easily fight of the night. But when like when I'm going into a fight and you're like, oh, this is fight of the year candidate, I'm like, okay, I'm expecting a lot. It I mean, was, was, and Ponzinibbio will great. throw down. Ponzinibbio is an mm-hmm. action fighter too, and I don't know yeah. Beza at all. But I mean, it's enough for me to keep an eye out for him next time. Beza was really good. He really established himself well. He looked like a much more technical, slick fighter. He was chopping him away with low kicks. He was good on the outside. Um, and it was when you know Ponzinibbio started finding his range and finding a home for that jab. Things got a lot more interesting. So yeah, I definitely think like. If you're bored and you're looking for a good fight, that's not a bad one to check out because I think it's going to be in conversations at the end of the year. But on, again, at the end, at the end of the year, if we're really like, oh, that Ponzinibbio one, if that's a close contender, it's like this year. I mean, I'm trying to think what happened this year so far. I mean, that's kind of the problem too. I can't think of anything you know comes what? to mind. Really. I mean, this isn't fight of the year. I was just thinking you said a fight that like someone's getting beat up and he comes back. Hey man, mm-hmm. Dustin Poirier was getting his ass kicked for a round. We have. We have I some was trying to think of lightweight <laughs> title fights. There's probably a, I would probably pick one of those over this. But I'm just gonna say. I mean, like, money. I mean, there's some like I know Connor lost, but I'm like he was winning, beating up Dustin for an entire I round. <laughs> say the, I mean, the as title as a, fight a... we just had was good too. Chandler and uh, Oliveira because there was, was again. Yeah, I like momentum shifts. You know, I like seeing. No, like, I agree. I like seeing yeah. a guy dig deep and come back from stuff too. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Yeah. Steph, go ahead. Thank God you said it because I was gonna say as a sign of where my memory is. I was like, I can't tell you a single fight on it, but that return to live card, everyone was really happy about that That's card true, all yeah. around. Like, uh, Rose got the knockout right. Like, I mean, yeah. not as yeah. fight of the year. I'm just saying, like, it was a lot of moments on that card. Card of the year. That we should just definitely put it. I saw uh, Wei Lee was complaining about the stoppage, like in an article I saw today. Still, and I'm just like. Man, that's not the. I didn't want you to take that away from the fight, Whaley. I wanted you to just go with, you know, you want him to like recognize what happened, and I'm going to come back from it. Like, I don't she know. also said she was uh, shocked with the booing and mm-hmm. the people being mean to her. And then all the uh, comments were like, wait, do you go to Brazil? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait till all the death threats start coming. Like, uh, oh, dude, yeah. did you? I'm going to talk about it and stuff we like, but that US Mexico game. When the U.S. players were egging on the corner of Mexican fans to keep throwing shit, and they overthrew the U.S. players and bonked the goddamn uh, one of the Mexican players in the head, I felt bad for the player, but it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I'm going <laughs> to talk about that game a lot. Uh, Mark, just for context, at the end of the game, you know, the outer boundary lines of the soccer field are just littered mm. with bottles and like drinks and trash like there was so I, dude, I got, I got a lot on that game the clint dempsey yeah. clint dempsey might be my new favorite sports commentator i don't know if you know what was happening there but we'll talk about that later um i just want to mention shout out to my dude elar latifi getting a decision he did not deserve on any level but damn he cut he, he ended that three fight losing streak he was in tears because this dude knew whoo that branch was creaking he was, you know, not everybody. I mean, the Elon the TV fan club is just me and his mama. So I don't think the UFC is, uh, you know, aching to keep him around. But he's still here, man. A man who took a fight on short notice against uh, Gegard Mousasi like eight years ago because his teammate Alexander Gustafson got cut. Mm-hmm. You know, and eight years later, the bricklayer, the sledgehammer. Still here. I don't know which one's his real nickname. One of them they say on the Come In Event podcast, and the other one's the real one. But I'm a fan. Um, all right, let's get some of the news of the week um, happening. Um, we got – now I'm just trying to get my show agenda. Apologies, folks. Um, Ariel Hawani's leaving ESPN. 
And uh, I know we're all big marks for Ariel on this show. Mm-hmm. And that's because he's really good at his job, quite frankly. Agreed. Uh, he's, I, I, he says it was all his decision. And he has no reason to lie. Ariel will tell you if, the, if Dana White's trying to fuck with his money and stuff, right, at this point. Why not? You know? Um, Marcus, I know you don't follow the sports media news probably as much as me or Stefan do because we follow the sports. ESPN seriously pays like five people um, serious money. And Ariel apparently was making close to half a million dollars a year at ESPN. Doesn't seem bad. He got on before UFC showed up, too. And we've all seen how big the UFC has been for. The entire ESPN Plus platform is the UFC at this point. These pay-per-views are doing well. All these paper, all these ratings are really good. He probably wanted a little bump. Um, there's word out there that he's looking at the Action Network, um, which is like a sports betting thing, which isn't that surprising because I've noticed like uh, like DraftKings paid a whole bunch of money like to, like Pat McAfee or FanDuel or one of the, one of them also just signed like. Um, Another sports commentator. That's what the thing is now. A lot of these sports betting sites are um, putting out actual sports, con- like sports media content. So Ariel having an internet show with one of those, like a, something like that, makes some sense. Um, Steph, if you were hoping for the Ringer. I would have liked that too. I think the Ringer would have been good for him. Just no, would have been good for yeah, the Ringer. Really, um, he's an asset anywhere, but for the Ringer, it would have been good for him then. <laughs> yeah, I think Mark, what you mentioned, like it, it, it is a yes and no. And when in a group chat, you put kind of like, well, regardless where it is, it'll seem like a step down from ESPN. And in terms of name value and recognition, absolutely. But to what Bobby mentions, what he has the chance to be is it's what Bellator exists to be. Right, is a, a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to be the marquee guy for a sport. And, you know, some people, especially betting sites, they got a lot of money. If you follow uh, international soccer, which most people don't, but me and Bobby do loosely, you'll notice a lot of the jersey sponsors, they're random betting websites. It used to be major airlines, big phone companies. But now who has all the money is all the gambling websites. So, um, you know, Ariel, he he might take a step back in terms of ESPN. But like you said, Bob, um, I was hoping for The Ringer, which is a media collective founded by uh, Bill Simmons after he uh, also himself unceremoniously uh, left ESPN um, with a lot of bad blood there because um, they, they are a growing media giant themselves. They got acquired by Spotify. So uh, I was saying they got that. Oh, Spotify they bought the whole money. thing. I thought that, uh, I thought Spotify they just, are the they're the they're the new bosses. Bill keeps running his oh, I thought they just, as like ahead. Oh, but I thought no, it was just Bill, a podcast. Bill sold. Okay, he sold to Spotify. Um, so that Spotify is trying to be a big thing in the in the podcasting sector. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it'd be there's it seemed what they wanted to do would be really ripe. And as someone who listens to the multitude of Ringer, their NFL show, their basketball, their pop culture stuff. I can tell you, I, we talked about it when Dana West White was a guest. They are horrible at MMA. Like any one of us four could go over there, and we would be the foremost expert on MMA. Yeah. by a mile in on their staff, and it's no disrespect to them. It's just their blind spot. That's the one thing B- that their Bill staff Simmons, really doesn't cover. Bill Simmons also does a good job of like having a lot of no- having like knowledge that's a mile wide and inch deep. You know, is the thing I like to say. Yeah. Like he, like he knows a little bit he's, about everything. He's he's one of the best generalist personalities, and he mm-hmm. kind of took that as his thing before it became a thing. Like you know, he really included those pop culture comparisons before that became kind of the norm across the board. But like like to your point, it's just yeah. There's very service level knowledge. Um, that Dana White thing. There's a lot of kiss assiness. Dana gets to make a lot of assertions unchallenged. 
uh, that was, you know was kind I, of a tough listen. I like I like when Dana's on uh, this is like me. I like when Dana goes on first take, which is the sports shouting shouting show, because Molly Karam is there, and Molly Karam used to host MMA Live on ESPN like ten years ago. What? And so she knows he's full of shit. So she'll ask a question now, right now and then, and poke the bear. Um, this is a loss for ESPN. There's no question about it. Like it's a loss for ESPN. I'm bummed because I really enjoyed his show with DC. Like DC and him are so good together. Like it's funny. Um, and like I just one moment stuck out of my head where DC was telling Ariel that during quarantine he started watching the Beverly Hillbillies, and Ariel was laughing so hard he almost started crying. Just the image of DC in a hotel room, you know, watching Beverly Hillbillies. It's it. I think I'm I'm curious what they're gonna do because I hope whoever they have like at ESPN like who. If they're going to keep these shows around, which they may not, but if they do, I hope it's somebody, they don't just get some poor guy who like just knows some sports and they send him out there or something. You know what I mean? Like, get me someone who knows some MMA. I don't know who they have on the roster right now besides Wagenheim. <laughs> I don't even know what he does, Mark, anymore. The, um, that was the guy with the man with the shirt on the MMA beat. The whole Oh, shirt. right. <laughs> yeah. I never liked that guy. Ever. Yeah. I think Chuck is, I don't know what, I don't know where everybody is anymore. I, I was, I was thinking, thinking if, like Luke would be good, but Luke's he's Luke's on Showtime. Else now, right? Luke's on Showtime. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Luke and Luke and Ariel hate each other. Also, it's interesting. Oh, there's a real beef. <laughs> they're my two favorite. They're my two favorite like commentators, and then Ben Folks. I was thinking Ariel would go to the Athletic, and I was like, man, I have to pay for the Athletic again. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but when they stopped charging me three dollars a month and they wanted ten dollars a month, that was a whole different conversation. That's a lot. That's a lot of money for. I mean, that's Disney Plus is eight dollars. You that's know what I'm saying? Like you pointed out, <laughs> Jupiter's Legacy. <laughs> Dude, I was uh, off topic. I went. To, I was trying to read an article on our local San Jose Mercury News, and they said you've read enough Mercury News this month. And I'm like, Mercury News, you should be happy I'm here. I like, hate that shit. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to get information. I'm trying to better myself as a person. You're a news outlet. Don't put money look, in front of If you're going to bitch about me having an ad blocker on, that's fine. But come on. like, Let's but play ball It's like, you, please don't read the article and take – here's how you get rid of the ad block. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just not going to your site anymore. So <laughs> – what 13-year-old summarized this on Twitter for me, huh? Let me see that article. Pretty much. I'm just getting worse information out there. Thank you. Um, okay. Um, all right. Um, Floyd Mayweather, uh, Logan Paul. It wasn't good. It happened. Everybody, everybody got paid. Um, Floyd said, I don't know how much we need to get into this. Steph, you mean, go ahead. What do you got here? It happened. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I was saying off air when we were doing our prep, I lament that we didn't do a show last week because we would have picked this fight. And I think I was alone on Jake last time. Someone might have joined it uh, at a pressure. But oh, oh, um, oh I yeah, yeah I was on Jake all the way. Mark took no, I I, 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 everyone, I, I brought these of like, oh, he's going to lean on him for 10 rounds and win. I was like, that is a horrible strategy. That's how you think someone's going to win a fight. <laughs> that, like, was my, that was my logic. <laughs> everyone convinced themselves the Homer Simpson strategy was going to play Exactly. That was exactly it. He's tough and he's going to lean on him. I was like, okay. I seen this dude hit people. I know he can box better than Ben Askren. But go on, Steph. I'm sorry. Uh, but my point was going to be is I was going to relish in, I'm certain, you all were going to take Mayweather, and who would have faulted you? Because you didn't see the lines, and this was a big scam, Bobby. This whole thing was a big scam because there was no money in it for Mayweather. Mayweather finishes him early. It looks like a joke. Mayweather carries him. They could do a rematch if they wanted to. He could then fight the other Paul brother if he wanted to. But, yeah, it was 
it was a big snoozer fest. Is the one thing I could say is Jake Paul is probably a better boxing prospect than Logan Paul. Um, Logan, Logan is the bigger, man. older brother, and he was the more famous. But having seen both of them now, granted, the, the quality of competition is different, but I at least see what Jake wants to do. Logan, in his fight, I watched his KSI fight, which he lost. So Jake is the one with the winning record, and Logan is the one who technically just 0-1 since this was just an exhibition. But he tires easily, and his punches don't really have much. Um, he clinches a lot because he fatigues easy. Um, and so the fact that I, you know, I think a lot of people think Mayweather maybe tried for one round. It um, look, well, I mean, it looked like he was trying to get him out of there somewhere in the middle, and then he kind of realized... All right, this kid's a little tougher, I guess, than I thought. I'm just gonna hang out now. Like I he moved like well enough that he wasn't a total schmuck, right? Mm. He acquitted himself in that he is, in fact, taking it seriously and he is training. You know, and it's you don't have to like the Paul brothers, but they they are training, and their clout and their fame allows them to train with really quality trainers. You know, they get to go to the best boxing gyms because they got he, a he's shit training ton of money with there. he's training with Paulo Costa, man. You didn't know that? He's training with Paulo. <laughs> I told you Paulo Costa's complaining about his money, hanging out with those Paul brothers. Man, yeah, I mean, that's, a- <laughs> that's the subject I, I want to transition to yeah. after this in terms of that, just so I can shit on a bunch of fighters. Um, but yeah, it, it was what it was. It was just really boring, you know? It's just because it was five rounds of Floyd walking in aggressively and six foot two Logan Paul just reaching right around him and and bringing him in. And it was kind of funny because the ref was really giving Logan a lot of shit. He's like, man, if there were judges, I would have been taking points away. Like, Logan, you got to stop. Like, you just. <laughs> so that became my entertainment point was just to hear this exasperated referee like, Logan, for the love of God, stop holding. Like, you know what? Um, you know, I'm going to give Logan some credit, man. That's what I would have done. If you if you told me I went eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather and at the end I survived. Look, he was he had the exact attitude I was going to have like. Fuck yeah, man! Yeah. I did it. <laughs> I survived. Yeah. yeah, I mean that, but that that was gonna be my gloating point, right? Mm. Is because my point is, I'm certain all of you would have chosen mm. Mayweather, forgetting that the true outcome was the most likely outcome, and that is no contest decision because we already saw it play out with Mike Tyson versus um, I already forgot his name again, Roy Jones Jr. Y'all must Jones have forgot. Y'all must have forgot. Okay, y'all must have <laughs> forgot. <Steph>. Because <laughs> that was the uneventful thing. Everyone was like, oh, what's it going to look like? Do they still got it left? And then it's like, oh, wait, there's no judges. So if none of them win by knockout, then no one's a winner. It doesn't matter. Like everyone said, like, yeah, Floyd clearly wins on decision, but there is no decision because that would have been my pick. Would have been Logan to survive because this was all going to be a joke. No I was going to embarrass every anyone. Both these guys are smarter than anyone wants to give them credit for. Everyone was going to get paid. I got a, I got a few notes here. First, Floyd made $30 million on what was on his shorts, allegedly. Just on those. My man was wearing an OnlyFans hat. Um, a bet on, he was wearing a mask just so he could have somewhere else to put an ad. That I enjoyed. Okay, he didn't, he didn't need to wear a mask, okay? It was raining up until this fight, by the way. You had to keep, try to keep drying off the area around the mat ring. Um... I like Moro Ronaldo as much as one person can in terms of commentators. Moro's the best. Um, I don't know anybody who can do everything the way he can, to be honest. It's a, it's a real skill. Um, he was a little bit of the pro wrestling, I feel, this time too. Um, the combination of Moro with Jesus and Mero, though, whoever came up with that at Showtime, well done. Because they recognized what they were doing there. I enjoyed the part where they cut to Jake Paul around like round four or five where he says, Logan and Jake Paul's going, Logan's beating Floyd. And Jesus and Mero are both like, no, he's not. No, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. 
Um, I did understand why the Migos had a separate performance prior to the guy. I forgot the guy. I like this song too. The guy who came out with Floyd. That that guy came out and rapped with Floyd. I'm like, what were the Migos doing? They were just there. Um, yeah, it was. It was. The, it happened. They'll do it again. We're, we're gonna get. We're gonna get. We're gonna I, get Drake and Tyron. Right. That's next. I I will say I feel a little bad for Logan because Logan's the big brother. He's the one who started the whole shithead campaign and eventually brought his kid brother along with him. Um, that broadcast, they called him Jake like seven times during the fight. Uh, Jake has now overtaken Logan as the Q rating one. So, uh, Yo, Bobby, Jake's, I don't know Jake's better. Huh? Jake's better. You're right, though. Jake's, Jake looks Jake better. Jake is better. So he, it'll, it's only a matter of time at this point. But, Bob, you're the older brother. You, you spend your whole life trying to keep your little brother from overtaking you. That's part you know of what? the deal. My, my, you know my little brother. My brother's doing great. <laughs> I got no issues with that one. <laughs> I am a hundred percent secure with my brother's success. Let me tell you that. It brings me great joy. <laughs> Shout out to my little brother. I got a PS5 next to me thanks to him. Good, good kid. Um, all right. Um, let's talk about the money. Um, cause I wanna. I think Stefan wants to shit on some UFC fighters, and I want to make fun of some of them too. We got. Let me talk about. Let me tell you the one I'm not gonna shit on. I'm actually gonna give Paulo Costa some credit because Paulo Costa specifically said, "You need to pay me more money to fight in a main event." I did not back out of a fight. I never signed for the fight. I said, "Pay me more money for this fight." Let's give that man some credit. Stefan, go ahead and shit on Francis and Ganu, though, please. Well, because I, I want him to I come after you Paulo, first. I will. I will. But I will also. I'll, I'll concede your point to Costa. But then I will poo-poo on him for crediting the Paul brothers with helping him uh, make this realization. Well, that's, that's me doing that. That's what me doing that. But yes, he should have known. Yeah. <laughs> they all should have known. No, that. And, and, and you saw, so Francis Ngannou was another one. Um, I went and found, I'm not big and active on Twitter, but I went and found his original Twitter comment where he was commenting, oh, these guys are making 20 million. What are we doing wrong? There were 9,000 replies to that tweet. Yeah. There were a lot of answers to what are you guys doing wrong. Dude, and first and foremost, here's, here's the immediate ahead, one that sorry. came to mind for me, was with all this stuff that's been going on with John Jones and negotiation, the first person in John Jones' corner should have been Francis Ngannou. Mm -hmm. Because Francis Ngannou should know that the rising tide raises both ships. That if John Jones gets what he's asking for, in turn, Francis is going to get bank. And like, because... You know, we saw uh, to a lesser degree, but it was, you know, for the, the weird bad blood and turn it took. What did Dustin and Connor do for each other? Dude, I was going to go. I was I was going to say Connor and Nate. Remember when Connor retired? Yeah. That this, They knew exactly what these, these these motherfuckers know what they're doing. They, yeah. So, Connor knows you know, that's <laughs> you cannot like Connor, the persona. You cannot like Connor, the person. But I think largely we can uniformly agree. He's been a very shrewd businessman, right? He, he's made all the moves to get him the most money. And, you know, and and that's where I see it. So you, that, that was a second example, Bob. There's two times where he elevated his opponent to make sure everyone gets paid, right? But MMA fighters don't do that. Francis is like, yeah, I'll fight Derek Lewis. You know, we'll see what happens with John Jones. It's like, that's just part one. There's a million other reasons. But, like, it's why I, like, the whole thing that are the Paul brothers exposing the bad financial model? Like, the fuck are you talking about? We've been knowing this. We've been knowing this for a long, Dude, long I time. I watched Leslie Smith get her ass whipped by uh, Cyborg the other day. It was like, what, two weeks ago? And I'm like, you guys all let her die out there. You all, not that fight, but like, you know, they let her go out there and just take one for, that's the thing. I have no sympathy for anybody anymore. And Con I mean, I swear to God, Francis, these are the two options with Francis. One, he's real dumb. Two, I'm not going to call a man that large, you know, scared, but you know, 
Say the fucking words, homie. You know the you know the answer. Look, I don't even blame the UFC. There's no blame. I don't blame. There was it was five years ago, four years ago, where there was a we were all drum, you know, beating the drum for like, hey man, let's get a fighters union. Let's and like none of them did anything. Yep. It, it is what it is. Hey, we, hey, got, we got a four, we got a four billion we got a four billion dollar sale. We got a four hundred million dollar ESPN deal, and the fighters didn't get a dime of it. Mm. In, in in the plainest terms, is of across any big sport in the world, the UFC has the worst rev- revenue sharing to their workers. Like in nearly every sport, it is close to fifty fifty, and UFC is taking home eighty percent of revenue to twenty percent paid out to fighters. And then, like I think you know, most recently, right when Endeavor went public, and we're like, oh, you're actually really healthy, like. Oh, because of the UFC, your, you're, you're actually because of, the UFC. because of the UFC. So you're like, you actually guys are making more money than we thought you were making. Mm. Like, there's even more money coming in. But, you know, here we are, like a lot of we're going to lay off a bunch of fighters here. You know, we're going to lay off this. It's yeah. And then we're not going to give this guy a fight because he's asking for money. Like, no, the money is there. The money is there. They just you know, what, you know, what's interesting. Them. I heard that um, they're getting close to being able to offer like actual health insurance. To their fighters, not just like during camp injury insurance, like real health insurance. And I'm like, well, that's one of the things a union would argue for. So, okay. the I see what they're doing. It's smart. You know, again, I don't even blame the UFC at this point with any of this stuff. Marcus, sorry. Me and Stefan have been monopolizing all of this. But like, I don't even know what we, we have this. We've, been, we've had this podcast going now for almost for nine years, Um, which, wow. Um, But I feel we've been talking about this for seven of the years at least. Yeah, you know, and like easily no the biggest about it. issue. It's the biggest issue facing this sport is that they don't have a union. They're not getting paid enough, and the UFC, like you said, it's a smart business. You, it's you can put a light up to them and be like, "You're fucking over your fighters," but as a business, it's like you're doing fantastic. You're getting your product for rock bottom, and you're profiting off it. Hey, you're, you know, you're a publicly business, sh- you're a publicly owned company now, too, man. Yeah, you got like shareholders. Just, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really crazy, and I think it's just it's frustrating for us as fans to be like, we know that you're worth more because we're buying your pay per views for fifty dollars and then sixty dollars. We used to buy the pay per views, um, <laughs> but and it's just like, yeah, they're not getting treated, and and I think what has really kind of put this even more in the spotlight, maybe more in the general public, is the is the Paul brothers. Um, you know, coming out and and dipping their toes into combat sports, making the kind of money they are. But it's also you look at Jake and like, who's he fighting and who's he calling out? It's MMA fighters because they have clout, they have draw, and and regular boxers don't. And it just like it just shows you like they have more drawing power than you know just about any boxer I mean, besides um uh, Kaleo. What's his name? Why am I forgetting his name? Canelo. Canelo, sorry, I should know that. I love that guy, but like outside of him, there's and, and Ryan Garcia. There's not a lot of like big name boxers out there. There's a lot of MMA stars that you could throw them against a Jake Paul, and they could you know yell at each other and promote the fight better than a lot of boxers can, and then turn out you know a million plus pay per view buys. These guys can sell cards, and they're just not making the money. And it's because the UFC has been able to divide and conquer, right? Like they they don't deal with all these guys together. They deal with the individual. What can I make? I want to make you happy. You want to get more money for this yeah. fight? Let me. Hey, how about this contract where you get ten fights? You know, we we sign you up for the big ten fight contract. It's like, oh, you want more money? For, it's like if they did single off bouts and they could argue like this is a main event for a big pay per view. I want fucking dollars here. And it's like, okay, we're gonna pay you dollars because 
you're not on contract and you can go wherever you want. And, you know, there's not enough competition for them. To well, I mean, I mean, but we're saying UFC a lot. Um, Bellator ain't paying shit either. No. Bellator, no. Bellator, you hear me now and then, like, one guy's making this much, that guy's not that much. Bell, Bellator's revenue split is at most 25%. At that most. Really, what they're doing is, like, they're paying enough to these guys from the UFC that aren't getting paid. It. Like, they're getting there's, paid there's, so there's little. They're paying are, a little yeah. bit more and being like, why don't you come over here and you'll make... Or the PFL's, like... I'm sure they're probably not getting that much per fight, but it's like, hey, you win this tournament, which you're an ex-UFC fighter. You're probably going to go pretty far in this. You can get a million dollars. And it's like, that's for like five fights. And it's just like, you know, you kind of wish these guys were that getting six, more. Was that six-figure tough contract? That's for like seven fights? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and that's how they get them. Dude, you know, I, mean, look, these I mean, I love that they never said what the number was. They would just it say six 100, figures. It's just 100. It's exactly 100. <laughs> After taxes, it's 50. Great. Great, yeah. guys. Hey, look, it's Look, it's like, again... We say a lot of stuff about the UFC, but like in this regard, I'm just like, well, what do you, uh, what do you expect, man? It is, uh, it is what it is. It's business, you know? baby. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, all right. Um, we mentioned it. Clarissa Shields making her MMA debut. Um, I'm excited, honestly. Yeah, let's see how she does. It'll be interesting. I can't tell you though. I. I- got i got a picture of her in my head and i need her to make it positive i don't i don't know her boxing career but i know that she had a boxing career and i know she was touted because she was brought onto the rocks titan game show and Uh-oh. she got worked <laughs> she got worked by a random girl from the midwest well the, was the event anything to do boxing related like oh no, no and that's the thing is yeah, it's one of those things it was super predictable because it, it really is like a, you know, there's a thing where you have to hammer a spike out of a pole. You have to climb. There's a lot of physical challenges, you know, but it's like as a boxer, you don't have the cross training that will give you the right type of functional right. strength. Like one of the best competitors was a farmer. And because his yeah. years of being a farmer just had been building him for this moment. So, again, I wasn't surprised, but it was just funny because The Rock brings out his titans. You know, Tyrone Woodley was another one of them who are your established sports stars. And when you just see them get wrecked by a five foot eight schmuck from the middle of nowhere, it's 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 funny and it's sad. I'm not discrediting her. I'm just saying that was my only context of knowing Clarissa Shields. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I hope you're gladiators run the course with them. They had the gladiators pushing shit on them, so they didn't look bad. They're just beating them up the whole time. Yeah, you don't have them just actually have a fair contest against them. like a foot race uh, with like a bodybuilder. It's like, like yeah, this guy's <laughs> like, he's not built for running. He's built for looking good. But um, yeah, anytime it, it's the same with Holly Holm, right? Is anyone who has a big background, particularly in striking, you know, um, it's like with MMA too, there's not a traditional feeder system, right? We don't generally know where prospects come from. It's why people pay attention to the NCAA wrestling championships at all is the hopefulness that maybe one of these guys wants to try MMA. But most recently, uh, the biggest one, Gable Stevenson, he wants to do pro wrestling and not MMA. So, um, yeah, you know, for M- double, women's MMA in particular to get a potential double, star is always uh, a good deal. Double gold medals for Miss Shields. 2012 yeah. and 2016. I'm interested. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I like. I really like the PFL's presentation. I, I, I think. I mean, mentioned this before on the show. I like that they're doing something different. You're not going to out UFC the UFC. You're just not going to do it, man. That's what they do. So yeah, I it's enjoy- like when Bellator stopped doing the tournaments as frequently. Yeah, that's when they kind of became an afterthought. We used to yeah. include Bellator picks as much as we did. Every we didn't just ignore Bellator as often as we seemingly do now. Because, yeah, once they be kind of became the poorer imitation of, you can't really be anything but the poor, lesser version of. 
There's a the amount of glare coming out of Stefan's window right now makes it look like he's just being like like Jesus is about to come down right now mm-hmm. and bless this man. It's impressive. <laughs> um, uh, what's that director? I'm a, I'm in a J.J. Abrams film, yeah, right? We got, got that lens flare, flare, baby. That lens flare. Those fucking Star Trek movies, bro. So much lens flare. So much. Um. Oh, I see Luke Rockhold's training with uh with Michael Bisping. I like that. Okay. <laughs> people, people putting things aside. I think Luke wants. To, I don't know why Luke wants to fight, man. Luke's like the face of like he's literally like the face of some Ralph Lauren campaign. You don't want to get hit in the face anymore, Luke. You already broke your jaw. What are we doing, um, Bobby? He thinks he's got the perfect game to beat uh, Izzy, just like uh, Chris Weidman. You know, they they are these as ex champions that know they got the right stuff. You folks, you hear that? We're like I don't know how many episodes into this thing. Four hundred some odd episodes transitional material that's the experience you get there from stefan israel adesanya this weekend defending that championship against marvin vittori um i don't know if anybody saw the interview that i mean did you see it marcus the interview they had on this uh i heard about it i did not see it though it was well, very like, oh, angry good. there was a lot well, of it was yelling. very angry and michael Bisman goes in the middle of it and i'm like oh okay the ufc did this exactly right um <laughs> Vittori was sitting there wearing uh, Dolce and Gabbana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my takeaway was Vittori's shirt. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know what he said because all I saw was that shirt. Well, Vittori apparently, I like this by the way. There's one Italian in the UFC, and Dolce and Gabbana's like, we're sponsoring that motherfucker. <laughs> he got a sponsorship. Good for him. Um, immediately when Vittori said, I think I won the first fight, I'm like, okay, delusional. Because I know you're trying to sell a fight, man, but we all have eyes. You won the third round of that fight on every scorecard. You lost the first two and won the third round. Um, I just want to say, Izzy better not fuck around here, man. I don't think he will. Um, let's just get into the picks now. Betting odds for this one, Steph, do you have it up? Yeah, we have uh, Izzy as the favorite in this rematch at minus 245 to Marvin Notorious plus 205. Um, yeah, I got Izzy. I don't think I think he's I, I don't think it's going to be that difficult either to be honest. I think Marvin's a good fighter, but I think inside of three rounds he's he's out, he's out of there. So that's my pick. I think Mike has also got Izzy. Um, Marcus, who do you got? Yeah, I, I'm going with Izzy too, but I I do think Marvin could you know present a lot of problems because I think one thing that Izzy had done a really good job of building around him was this aura, right? And Marvin never bought into it. He wasn't scared of him the first time he fought him. He just didn't have the skill set to beat him then. Uh, but he was always, you can tell when they were striking, like he was not afraid to f- strike with Izzy. And he's a southpaw. His left straight was a problem for Izzy. And it could be a problem this time. You know, I, I think Izzy's dynamic enough on the feet. I think he's going to have good enough takedown defense that he should be able to get enough rounds and he should probably win a decision. If not, stop. I mean, I think he either stops him early or it's going to be an ugly fight. And I could see. I could see Marvin taking over the last two rounds because I think I don't think Izzy has the best gas tank. And I say that because I watch these countdown shows and they talk about how hard they're training. And he talks about like, oh, I'm, I'm working on my lungs and I'm going underwater and hold my breath. And the fucker's always the first one up. <laughs> I see him. He's <laughs> up Everyone's still under the water. I'm like, all right, there, there's a I mean, in fair, this man did take round five off Gastelum. That was all standing, though, in fairness. There wasn't a yeah. lot of wrestling in that one. Yeah. That was five hard rounds in that one, though. I mean, I, and, 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 and like Bobby, like we talked about, like I, that was the fight Marvin versus Izzy, the first one, was like where I really got to look at Marvin, and that's where he stuck in me. He's like, this guy's good. Like, he's good. He, he took that last round off Izzy, and, you know, in time, maybe he can become more. I think he's had a good run. Um, 
And I think the one thing he does have is a lot of confidence. He thought he won that. Like you ask him, he like, and, and I agree with you, Bobby. He lost that fight. He lost the first two rounds. Um, he definitely won the third. But like in his head, he won that fight. And I think he's been carrying this this whole time. I was like, I beat that guy, and I'll he's beat very him angry. again. Yeah, he's so I, I angry. <laughs> he's very determined, you know. And I like that. I think he has a good mindset. Um, and again, with Izzy, it's like you know, I don't think he's going to be lacking confidence. But he did just come off his first loss. Um, but he doesn't seem too wilted by that so i'm going with izzy but i'm not going to be surprised if marvin gives him a fucking tough fight and he drags this into deep waters and it looks ugly and izzy gets a win but it's not like we're all like oh yeah this is the unbeatable guy that's you know unmarked i, I think or izzy smokes him in the first round i think he can See, i'm, I'm going with the this man's getting a second look at a guy logic which i we haven't seen before but you don't know i mean that's the thing maybe some guys get a rematch and all of a sudden you know they unlock some new things stefan who you got um, yeah, I pretty much agree with all the sentiments of Mark here. Um, like, I'll say I, I think this could be a split decision where I think we see a dramatic shift late where like, you know, and there starts to be a questionable rounder here or there. It's close, right? Where maybe Izzy's going to stop. But the, but the takedowns, like, I think in his last fight, we all said Vittori didn't really deserve a, necessarily a title shot or it was questionable if he deserved because what did he do? He just wrestled the shit out of a guy. But maybe that was a sign of things to come. Maybe he's like, I can wrestle the shit out of some guys, you know, and, and maybe we see that be a weakness because, um, but I'm, I'm going with Izzy because it's not really fun to not pick against Izzy. You know, I, he's a really fun fighter. He's very likable. I want to be rooting for him. And, you know, this will just be a, a way for me to insert a humble brag in here, but you know, I was correct in picking my dude on to beat him in that big super fight, but I didn't like doing it. Cause I like rooting for Izzy. You know, I like, I like the anime guy. I also watched that special where he gave up from the water quick and that was <laughs> hilarious. And it made it more endearing. It's like, uh, he's a champion, but he's, 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 he gives up easy. Man, I, I love like, like great swimmer. I mean, I don't remember the, the last, I don't remember the last time I watched a countdown show and I don't think I should. Damn. It's been solid lately. Uh, Izzy's got good content, um, but I'll, I'll take Izzy here, but it really won't surprise me to see us get like a split decision after this. Um, you know, and then of course, well, then we're in that ugly territory of there deserves to be a, th- a trilogy, but it's two zero. Um, and it, but and it, you know, if it's a split, it's gonna be ugly. Like I said, it's gonna be like it's yeah. it's gonna be exactly like you said, Steph. Like Marvin won those last two rounds because he got him down, but like he didn't do much. But Izzy wasn't doing much, and it was just kind of boring. But it was compelling because it was. We'll, we'll know when we see who the referee is on it too. Um, Bob, who was it in that last card I did watch with you where I was like, what's his name? Really respects top control because nothing's happening and he is not threatening standing. Was it Beltran? It was. It okay. might have been Joey Beltran. Really respects top control. Mike Beltran. Or Mike Beltran, sorry. Joe, Joey um, Beltran's the other dude. But, oh, yeah, yeah the, the boxing guy. Um, but, yeah, so I, I do think it'll be close. Like, I agree. None of us will be surprised if you know, Vittori with that ugly ass shirt be carrying a belt around on Sunday. The ugly ass shirt's probably like a thousand dollars. Um clean sweep for Izzy. Co main event. Um I'll be honest, I'm most excited for Nate Diaz to come back just because I like Nate Diaz. But in terms of what's gonna happen in the fight itself, Marcus, this is why we're here, right? Mm-hmm. Like Davison Figueroa and Brandon Moreto put on a fight last year. We're going into it. None of us gave the you know a much of a shit. But I remember watching it live, and Stefan, you were watching that one live with, and we were both like messaging back and forth, like, yo, these dudes are throwing down. I think we we're only watching because we were both like, we played Among Us earlier in the evening, and we both kind of transitioned into watching this thing. And like, I think this was also like, 
Figueroa got a point deduction because he kept kicking Moreno in the dick. Um, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of nut shots. And then Figueroa also apparently had a really bad weight cut. Allegedly, was a factor in this. But it was so good. Moreno's chin is made of titanium, is what we learned honestly in that fight. And he and Izzy's and Izzy uh, Izzy uh, Figueroa's uh, style apparently still goes in the fifth round of just blitzing people. Betting odds for this one, Stefan. Um, similar to the last fight, we have Davison coming in at minus two thirty-five to plus one ninety-five. Brandon Moreno. I got Figueroa, but let me tell you what I want. I want Moreno to win a close split decision, and we have to do this again in six months. That's what I want to do. I don't care what else is happening at flyweight. I don't know what else is happening at flyweight. They don't put any of the fights on TV or pay-per-view. So if we can do this again in six months, I'm cool with it too. Um, Figueroa wanted to get paid for this fight. I bet he didn't. But I got Figueroa. <laughs> Mark, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, I have Figueroa too. Um, I would say, one correction, I think we were excited for the last time they fought because Figueroa has like been... He's been a fantastic champion for a weight That's division true. that like we really couldn't give a shit. I mean, Henry was kind of excited because he was getting finishes. You know, I think that's really what what's Figueroa has been your my guys. You're your, my guy. For yeah, a while we, we saw him early on, and he he stuck out in a weight class that's very easy to get melatose in and just not remember who's who. But I, I think he's been a dominant champion, and, and that fight was awesome. And I agree with you, Bob. Like it would, I'm gonna go with Figueroa too because he won the last fight. He's been dominant. Um, Brandon has, you know, showed a lot. He showed a lot in that last fight. In the countdown show, I liked him more because he talked about how he got a new house and he has a he has a an office room that he can put all his Funko Pops and Legos in. And I was like, I know this guy was a huge geek, but that's that's a good plus there. <laughs> that's Moreno. Yeah, Moreno. He, but he looks like, like he looks like he's twelve years old. I buy all of well, this. He's like he's in this like room with all these Legos and like so many fucking Funko Pops. And he's like in Tijuana. I never had space to put all my fun hobbies, but here in I don't know where he is. And like I mean, he might be in Vegas or something. He's like, I have an office. I can put all my toys in. And I was like. I get that. I'm in an office right now with full of toys. Um, but I still got Figueroa. Um, and I agree with you. Like, I, I think win, lose, or draw, um, they'll probably do a third fight. Just be- Unless this one's like a real stinker. Or he gets out. He gets done early. If it's anywhere where it was the first fight, they'll probably do a trilogy regardless of who wins. But I got Figueroa. You think they would go three in a row even if Viggy won the first two? I'm like you said, like, who, who else is in the division? Like, no, I'm, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I'm looking at the division. I know Askar Askarov's a good fighter. That's number two. Number three is Alexander Pandoja, which if you remember, that's the fight where you and I got on board with Figueroa, where he fought him like um, two years ago. Right, That right, was the guy. Because right. the name's familiar, but I couldn't, now, I could not no, pick him I out of remember, the lineup. Well, I remember because I was like in my apartment building's gym on a treadmill and like I had on the prelims and I was like texting you guys. I'm like, hey, I realize we don't watch the first fight of the night normally, but go back and watch this guy. <laughs> These guys threw down. Yeah, I'm looking at his name, Alex Perez, Joseph Benavidez. I mean, it's a whole, honestly, it's a whole new generation of flyweights. What the so fuck we don't is know. Joseph Benavides doing? The he's top. five. He's five. <laughs> this is five guys in division, so he's got to. No, honestly, I know these names, and you can tell, like, it's a whole group of new guys. That's what I appreciate. They cut, I remember in one of their last round of cuts, they cut um, the Brazilian dude who was always on the cusp of the title shot. What's his name? Formiga, right? Yeah, yeah, there it is. He had to go. Sad, sad face, <laughs> he Formiga. He like, hitting, hovering that two or three spot, but they never give him the title we- shot. No, they kept getting him in a number one contender fight, so we just point yeah. out, like, all right, he's losing this one. Yeah, he has to. <laughs> he's losing this one. <laughs> but then he would always come back and absolutely jujitsu the fuck yeah. out of the next guy. He went like, like the next two. He like he gets him in an anaconda <laughs> choke. He he locks the he locks him down in like fifteen seconds in the fight. It was just really like night and day hot cold with that dude when it came to fights. Um, Seth, who do you got? 
Uh, but yeah, you want my pick. Um, let's finally make it interesting, boys. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm going to take Brandon Moreno. Woo-hoo, uh, baby, I, baby, I, af- I like baby Assassin? Uh, What's his name? Baby Assassin? Right? I, I just I just like yeah, he he's got a very childlike face, so he's assassin very baby. That's what it is. In the cheeks, it's the assassin baby. You know <laughs> that that's a good shirt right there. You know the assassin baby. He just needs a sweet icon. Shouts to Cub Swanson. You know for a guy, a fighter who just developed his own icon one day, his little teddy bear hat thing that he's got. Like that's a good icon. You should talk to his guy when you come up with the assassin baby icon. That said, um, what I like about him is uh, it's the thing Mark always gave Tony Ferguson credit for. Um, and I really saw that in his fight with Figueroa is the kid has sheer determination. Uh, he was a big ass underdog in that fight because we didn't really know who he was going into it. We knew him as a young upstart kid, but he was a big, big underdog. And then he proved he was live at no point. You know, you said Davison, he didn't really go away. Um, like, whoa, 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 wait, wait one second. I've just realized I've been Mark and I've been operating under false pretenses. Figueroa didn't win. That was a draw. Oh, it was no. a draw. Yeah. It was a draw. He kicked, his, he, he kicked him in the nuts enough that it became a draw. Remember? That was the thing. Oh, that's that was what happened. Again. We might do a third one automatically, Mark. You're right. We're going to run this shit back. Both <laughs> ways in August. See y'all like... in December. Did See they y'all go... in December. It was just a no contest? It was draw. Majority oh, draw. Man, I totally don't remember that. Wait, when you're going to say about the fight, I was like, I remember no, it being great. That's my favorite outcome remember, is like, Yeah, because Stefan, uh, Stefan was, uh, kept testing me the word draw, 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 draw. Somewhere in the middle of the fifth round. Like, he was calling it. <laughs> yeah, my sense of time is all gone. Um, but that said, uh-huh. in terms of why I'm picking Moreno is there is, that said, if you don't remove that point, Figueredo probably wins. Because that's the yes. thing is, is it, as close as it was, I you know, it's not. it wasn't a robbery. It wasn't. Basically, I'm saying Moreno has work to do, but I think he's a guy who learned a lot about himself in that first one, and I think he'll come back better for it, you know? Um, and so, uh, I, yeah, I'm just kind of banking on that. And the one thing I'll say about Figueroa is it's not that it was bad, but some power went away. The, the, the kill shots, he, he, it's not that he gassed to the point where he had no output, but you could tell he's not going to knock him out anymore from this point. Like... And, you know, in terms of those comments that fighters say is Figueroa saying, I'm preparing for a short fight. I think I'm going to knock him out early. And I'm like, yeah, but your power went away late. Maybe you shouldn't prepare for that short fight because that's exactly how the first one went. And when the kid didn't go away, you did slow down quite a bit. Like, um, so, you know, that could be gamesmanship, but that could be a lot of things. But you know what? It's very rare that pay-per-view cards are all chalk. And the way we're picking and the way we're going to go pick going forward we're probably going to end up being all chalk. So there's got to be an upset somewhere on this main card. Uh, why oh, not? Mike's, Mike's, Mike's banking on the next one. I, I, Davison's got uh, Walid in his corner, right? Talking for him? Probably. I think so. I, I think, think so. Walid says, Walid said some stuff about Izzy that wasn't good. I'm not but surprised. <laughs> he says, I remember, I remember the article. He said, uh, Israel Adesanya has homosexual tendencies and he should be studied by science. And I'm like, <laughs> The second part made me excuse the first part because I was like, well, that's the you know fuck I think I've ever heard. <laughs> scientists are studying the homosexual male. We that, need more this man is he is so gay. We don't know what to do. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Mike picked Figueroa, I think. He did. He did. Three to one for Figueroa. Um, Here we go. The return of the man. Nate Diaz. His first fight since losing the bmf title that's right and let me tell you man butterfly effect nate should have won that thing 
because Jorge turned out to be a giant disappointment of a person. All right? Nate would have kept it 100% for us at all times. Um, Nate hasn't fought, I think it's now been a year and a half then, right? Probably around that time? I think so. Yeah. I think pretty much Nate waited all of COVID to come back, basically, sure. is what it comes out to. Um, taking on Leon Edwards. Um, Leon Edwards started this started this out as a pretty decent favorite, and now he's a massive favorite. A lot of money came in on Leon Edwards. Steph on the betting line? Uh, yeah, we will have Leon as the biggest favorite on the card. He is minus 550 to Nate Diaz's plus 425. I'm so disappointed in oh, you, Vegas. You it was right there for you. You had to be stingy about that. Five, you had to have that five extra dollars in there. So somebody throw some money. Let's get Mike to throw some money on Nate. Let's move it a little bit in that direction, okay? Um, first off, Mark, well, we, we know Mike's picking Nate. Shout out to Mike. Someone had to do it. Yeah. Or they didn't. We didn't. He, no one did, but appreciate him doing it. Because let me tell you, I'm about to break my own heart with my next two picks between this fight and Damian Maya's fight. Um... Is this finally the fight, Mark, where Leon Edwards gets that big win without some weird fucking eye poke issue, with the fight actually happening, without nothing weird happening, without him spending two years in, off in the middle of it for no reason? Is this where Leon Edwards becomes the number one contender to the welterweight championship of the world and has that big performance? I mean, I think so. Um, you know, barring un weird eye pokes or what have you. And I didn't even, you know, I've been sleeping on Leon Edwards for a long time. I didn't even see his last... Uh, fight with Muhammad, which I which I heard he did very good until he poked him in the eye and, mm. and the fight got stopped. But I mean, with Nate, I, I think we're all pulling for him. I'll I'll happily take this L for Nate Diaz to win this fight. Um, and prove me wrong. But with Nate, I always am concerned about strikers that are extremely technical and proficient, and or like what I like to call them like snipers. Like this guy's gonna pick his shot. He's gonna throw. You know, I think he's I think his southpaw is like a strong left hand. Which honestly, the southpaw thing. Almost makes me like I'm not super worried because like Nate fought Connor twice. He did pretty good in both fights. So I mean, some guys just don't fight southpaws very well. I don't think Nate's going to necessarily fall into those same traps. But when there's someone that's very proficient, that's very technical, that's going to get in and out and not get into a slugfest, like I don't favor Nate in those fights. You know, unless Nate can get to the ground, which I think is you, also you and be me. Have, you and me have very different worries in this one, man. I got worried that I got worries that Leon's going to take him down. Because Leon oh. will take you down. Leon doesn't. No, so yeah, I must. No, I'm mostly just in seeing. No, Leon will take you down. That's what I. Th that's the thing. When you said like Leon, honestly, Leon's being put in a position here, and I'll go back to you in a second if you have to make your pick, sure, of no, course. Please. Um, where he's got to beat Nate's ass, like because this is going to be tw if it's 25 minutes and you're because you're saying if he picks him apart, cool. But if it's the other way of winning, and it's not entertaining. I, that's not going to be the performance. I mean, we all have eyes. We, we, we watch the real sport for real. But, like, there's going to be a lot of people watching this. Nate Diaz is a superstar. And Leon's got to put a stamp on this. I'm not saying he has to knock him out, but he's got to beat his ass. If he wants to, he if he wants that recognition at the end of this, that's that's what I honestly think. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I have been sleeping on this guy, so I don't have hot takes mm -hmm. on him. But I mean, a couple ways you can beat Nate is the one I was mentioning. If he stands, he stands up with mm -hmm. him and is a cleaner striker. Obviously, we've seen his last fight. Like Nate cuts super easy, and that's a vulnerability of his. He can get a big cut, and the doctors can stop it, just like they did with the Masvidal fight. Another way he loses a lot of fights is kind of like what you said, if. Leon can get him down, and if he can be on top and not get caught and be smart and do like kind of a standing guard and, and you know, punch to the body, try to, you know, 
I mean, if he can get Nate to play more of the, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm in side mount, I'm gonna work to get you back to guard, and then you pass again, I'm gonna work you get back to guard, I'm gonna do some of the, because a lot of times Nate's own downfall is that he's very active on the bottom, so the guy on top can kind of just like be on top and just defend and maybe advance position a little bit, but Nate's gonna be throwing up enough stuff, the referee's not gonna stop it, and you can get a win that way, you know, and if it is an unoppressive win, like you're maybe fearing Bobby, and it's like Leon's not like a he got a good solid win here, but he's not like, it doesn't really seem like tighter con- contender Then you know, that, that, that might be an issue for him. I think it'll, regardless if he wins, how he wins, I think it'll be enough for him to, to get a shot with Usman. Cause Usman's just looking at fighting more rematches of guys he's already beat. So I think Leon being a fresh matchup would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely pulling for Nate, you know, when Nate can really get his hands going and can get people on their back foot and he can just barrage them and throw the little pitter-patter punches. Then he mixes in with a hard strike. Like That's when he's on top of his game, him and uh, Nick. But those types of moments don't always materialize. And sometimes he struggles to, to, to really let his hands go. Um, that's what I think will happen here. I think Leon's going to be sharp on the feet um, and potentially take him down too, which I wasn't really thinking was something he was particularly yeah. proficient at. So I, I think he. it seems like he has a lot of the ingredients to be a very difficult matchup for Nate. Um, so I, I'm more convinced now that he'll, he'll probably drop this one, but I want to be wrong. I'm hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Leon Edwards, um, is going to take Nate Diaz down. That's my prediction. I think Leon Edwards is going to take Nate down because Leon Edwards is very much a, uh, tactical fighter, as you mentioned, and the place he thinks he has the best advantage is on the, is taking Nate down despite Nate's jujitsu game. I've seen a lot of Leon Edwards fights. Um, a lot of them are boring. I think Leon Edwards is a great fighter. I'm sure I mentioned him more more than most people on this podcast. But there has been like like he 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 likes to take people down and he likes to do it often. And if he stands with Nate Diaz, he's playing with more fire than if he thinks he thinks at least I think than if he goes to the ground with him. I think the line is a bit warped, honestly. I it's don't huge. think I don't think Nate is a plus 425 against anybody. Honestly, I, I I know he's 35 years old. He's as old as us. Um, he hasn't fought in a while. But I, unless Roy McDonald's going to go get a, get in a time machine back to 2010 and suplex Nate around for 20, you know, 15 minutes, Nate, I mean, that's a big fucking line. The, the type of fight you're envisioning, I think, Mark, is maybe like the Bendo fight where Bendo just beat Nate's ass up and down pretty More much Jorge. for 25 minutes. I'm thinking Jorge. Jorge. Jorge, okay, I think Nate does cut easily, but the thing that he cut in that last fight is because he fought like seven weeks after opening up a bad cut against Anthony Pettis. He's had a long time to heal. He's looked like he's beefed up, honestly. Like, Nate isn't just taking this fight at 170, it looks like, to just go back down. Like, he looks big, um, which I don't know, good or bad. He's absolutely getting a title shot if he wins this, by the way. There's no scenario where he's not fighting if he wants the belt. If they pay him enough money to fight Kamara Usman, he would he would take that fight. Um, I mean, I believe that because I have no idea why Covington, uh, Covington's about to get a title fight again. I don't know I what mean, he did to re-earn a title shot. At like, least he got a win. Jorge didn't beat anybody. He got a title shot. He lost to I the mean, same guy. Just, based on the, the – I just to say, to Kamara's title reign opponents, they're not really booking them from a sporting endeavor. Nah, not at all. Um, I'm going to take, take Leon Edwards. I don't think it's going to be entertaining. I think it's going to be boring. I hope I'm wrong because I would like this man to get a title shot. He has won like nine straight. That might be an exaggeration, but he's won a lot of fights. This would be nice. Um, a lot of those are decisions. 
He's not tapping out Nate Diaz. He's got one knockout in there. I think it's Peter Sabata, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's got two UFC knockouts. The other one is against Seth Spazinski. He's got to beat his ass, man. He's got to beat up Nate Diaz. It's got to be a 25-minute thrashing if he wants to put a stamp on this and then scream that he deserves a title shot against uh, against Kamaru Usman, who is, if I'm not mistaken, the last man to beat him six fucking years ago. That's what he needs to do. He needs to find a way to do it because if him getting a, bo- a ho-hum decision isn't going to do it. The UFC doesn't have the best relationship with him anyway. Um, I just want to say, actually, you know what, Steph, you go first, then I'll come back because I have a comment on this Nate's placement. But go ahead. Who do you got for this one? Um, yeah, I think it's interesting what you both said in your analysis because um, I'm gonna kind of, you know, I, I'm gonna kind of build off of both of you. Um, you say the the line is warped. I say it can't get high enough. I say uh, your AMC and GME that went to the moon. I say cash that out, and here's your new Surefire stock. It's not going to get you a great return, but it will get you a guaranteed return. Put it all on Leon Edwards. Uh, and this is coming from someone I think I've been the harshest on him during this win streak. I constantly called him fool's gold. I said I didn't really believe it. I said he's kind of a B or B minus across the board. Um, but once he goes higher up in competition, you know, it'll it'll get exposed. And then it never got exposed. The dude just kept right on winning. Um, so, you know. What is the what is the best case scenario of him? It's kind of like a Michael Bisping. Is that that B minus eventually evolves into a B plus or an A minus across the board, right? Um, Mark is worried about his striking. Bobby worried about his grappling. This is why it's guaranteed to me. It's both. He gets to do both to Nate. If he's having success at one, he can focus on that. If he's not, he can very much dominate the. If he's not taking you down, he can hold you. He can hold clinch you against the fence real good. He can negate your offense. And we've seen the Diaz brothers like just pitter patter and be like, what the fuck for three minutes in a round? You know, there's very much a chance Nate could do that. Um, and what I will say, you know, where Bobby are a little hard at striking, I didn't think much of his striking either until that Bilal fight happened. Finger poke aside, he was lighting Bilal the fuck up. Head kicks, punches, hooks, combos. His, his no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to diminish his strike. I'm just saying he likes to take people down. No, That's what I'm I think he's going to do. Is, this was, that was his first fight where I ever thought his striking had any potential. Like, mm, he okay. was technically sound, yes, but there was never anything there. It's like with, um, you know, granted his last fight was poor uh, Funkmaster, uh, the Aljo? highly disputed Aljo champion. Like, he did a lot of funky stuff with his striking, right? The, the technique was there. It's like, okay, he wants to drive. I'm like, but you don't hurt anyone. Like, none of these strikes equate to anything. So it's all flash and no substance. And that's what I kind of thought, you know, not sh- as showy with Leon Edwards, but it's like your striking is there, right? Your jab looks good. Your punch looks good. But you don't rock anyone. You don't really knock out or TKO anyone. You really just kind of push away decisions. But then he fought Bilal. And then suddenly they had snap. Suddenly they're... Bilal was absolutely on his way to getting finished. This is why we... You know why there wasn't an immediate rematch to that fuckery? Because his ass was so beat that we're like, oh, we don't actually need to see it. Any other time a fight ends in a draw, it's almost always like a a draw or a no contest or something funky happening. There's almost always a rematch booked, right? But we all saw that fight and there's nothing to see here. It's Leon Edwards doesn't necessarily deserve a title shot off of it, but he deserves to fight a higher, like, you know, opponent than that. So I I think Leon is surging, you know? Um, I think... And I just don't see Nate as having a chance. He would you would you honestly be be that shocked if Nate? You know how Nate wins fights. If it I do, but if he does, I will be shocked. 
Chalk? Okay. Because I don't. Mark, 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 would you be not a, he's, he's not a one strike knockout guy. And so the thing is, if he rocks Leon, I then think Leon can go to the wrestling game and like stall it out that way. So I, I'll be shocked if he wins. So you, Mark, what do you think? Shocked if Nate pulls this off? Why would I fall into that trap where he's going to say, I'm not surprised, motherfucker, and I fall into that bear trap again? I'm not that foolish. I'm not that foolish to count this man out and have him call me out on that. Uh, by the way, I, I, I really, we all do. Well, I'll just say it. I really hope he wins. I really hope I mean, Nate wins. Honestly, like, yeah, I, I, got no, I got no strong emotional attachment to Leon Edwards. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Nate could. I think it's, it's going to be difficult because I think he... And I don't think he wins by knockout. I think he wins just how he just how he beat Connor. He he can beat him up on his feet, and then he'll do something stupid and catch him in a submission. Like I don't yeah. think he's gonna knock him out. I think he can hurt him and get him to do something kind of foolish, shoot on a shot and get guillotined or get an I also think I also think Leon and... can get emotional. I mean, man got in a backstage fight with Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> I mean, you can be. You can I think be, it's a long. I, I mean, I'm, but we. I mean, we all got Leon. Besides, Mike's got Nate. Shout out to him. Yeah. God, this podcast is already long. We That's the cojones bet. I just want to say um, the, how this pay-per-view bought, does, say uh, selling-wise, is going to be a real referendum on Israel Adesanya. Because if he doesn't – I don't care who Marvin Vittori is. If he doesn't sell pay-per-views with Nate Diaz on the undercard, it's a bad look. And he's done fine so far, but I think the ESPN and UFC are expecting a number here that's got uh, that, that, that's seven digits. There's an expectation. I mean, yeah, we didn't specifically say it, but part of the – I, I don't think we called it out. Part of the notoriety of this fight, it is the first ever non-title fight, non-main event, five-round fight. Yeah, it was supposed to be on the previous pay-per-view, and then something happened. I forgot what it was. No one got COVID or anything, but, you know, we'll see. Um, okay, um, we got to pick up the pace here a bit because this podcast is already at an hour and 15 minutes. Um, Damian Maya Bilal Muhammad. Betting odds for this one. Uh, surprisingly close. It'll be the closest odds of all the fights we picked thus far. Um, but Bilal is minus 225 to Damian Maya's plus 185. <sighs> who's Mike got? Bilal. Muhammad. Yeah. Okay, Mark, who's your pick? Same. I don't have any analysis. I don't even know Muhammad that much. I'm just kind of picking against Maya, which doesn't feel good. I- I'm playing the odds. The the, the bookies think that he's okay. going to win. I'm going there. Stefan, who do you got? Bob, I gave you some inside information. Is the the one headline I read today was Damian Maya says he wants one more fight before he retires. So even though he hasn't had this fight, he knows it's not going to go well. So he wants them to give him a credible matchup to go out on. Uh, this is a one of those fading guys being milked for their name value type things. Like Bilal is kind of fringe contender. It's kind of a weird matchup to make. Oh, I got I got Bilal Muhammad. Let's move on. I got to pick against Nate and Damian Maya, the same goddamn card. This is fucking depressing. Um, Paul Craig, Jamahal Hill. Um, Mike's got Jamahal Hill without knowing who that is. Who's the bet? Because not, 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 no one here knows who that guy is. What are the betting odds? Uh, well, no, no, Jamal, Jamahal, nobody knows me. Hill is the minus 280 favorite to Paul yeah, Craig's I, plus 240. I, I, I got him too. Mark, who do, who do you got? <sighs> See, I'm, in, I'm in a scenario where like, I'm regretting Bobby, putting this on the fucking list at all, man. Like, I regret. I really like Paul Craig. I, I there's just something about the way he fights. I just dig. Like he's got a great triangle. He'll stand with guys. There's just something about how he fights I like a lot. But and I don't. And Bobby, right? I don't know who this hill guy is. But I'm looking at his his resume <laughs> here. And what's even sadder is it's not all that impressive. I mean, he's eight and zero, but there's not a lot of great names on here. Like, why am I going to go against? He? I think he's thirty. 
and uh, uh, not, Paul Craig's thirty three, which you can. You know what? I, fuck it. You know, I'm not going to win this year. I'm, I'm down. What do you mean? It's only June. I'm down <laughs> yeah, halfway through the year. I'm down with Stefan. Well, actually, you know, I'm fairly. I'm evenly <laughs> as far from Stefan as I am from you. <laughs> And you I know like what? that assessment. I'm down with Stefan. Actually, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan's got a, got a hill to climb before he gets uh, I don't know why Mark is here ignoring, again, again, the modifier, which we did all agree to, <laughs> but don't want to acknowledge because Mike wants to have his win. Stefan, you got to pick better because you're getting farther away and the 10-point modifier may not be enough. Oh, well, yeah, but the thing is, but get Mark gets me. it. My, my <laughs> eggs are in the Mark basket. Mark, <laughs> what I, That's why I don't like hearing Mark talk like this is Mark doesn't realize he's actually winning. He's actually winning because we put more weight on that fight. I have no problem with us doing that by the way. Is not all picks well, are created you equal. You get not all it. picks. It's, but it's true. It's not all picks are created. It's why okay. we call it the cojones pick. Yeah. Uh, so you said, got... That said, no, I don't like Paul Craig. I know you all like him, and this mm-hmm. is the conversation we have every time. I do not like that he goes by the bear Jew without being Jewish, to which Bobby will reply, I thought he's part Jewish. And I will then reply, no, he's on a podcast where he fully exclaims he's not Jewish whatsoever. He just likes the movie, right? <laughs> just... <laughs> it's... I, I, this time I remember we were going to have this argument, but I'm like, I think he just likes the movie. <laughs> I, I just find that weird. I'm not I'm not getting PC and saying he's anything about it besides it's weird and it's an odd choice. You know, I'm not the Afghan assassin, Bobby. Like, it's just <laughs> it's just I'm not, you know. Um, OK, um, so we got three to one for Hill. Correct. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, I think this is the last one, unless I'm mistaken. Um Lauren Murphy, JoJo Calderwood, number one contender match, or match, fight for the, I'm, I'm just declaring it myself, that it, but it has to be, honestly. Um, they're fighting for the honor to get baptized by Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, and I was mistaken. This is actually the closest fight we're picking. Um, it's yeah. more more or less a coin flip with JoJo as minus 145 to Lauren Murphy's plus 125. Who's Mike got? I believe he's he had JoJo. JoJo. Mm-hmm. JoJo. All right, Stefan, who do you got? Uh, also taking JoJo. Um, she's I. She's been getting better. Um, a lot of the things that we've criticized her on that made her kind of 50-50, she's just actually looked like she's sharpened up in the last couple fights. So um, I'm going to choose to believe her in her again because we do like her. She's a very likable fighter. Marcus, who do you got? This is tough because... I like both of them. <laughs> I've always liked Lauren Murphy. <laughs> like I like how, how pissed off she is always. I don't know like why. Exactly I'm opposite reasons. Like JoJo is this like cute, innocent, mm. squeaky voice girl who has like great stand up, and her clinch game is fucking. I, that's why I fell in love with her. Is like her in the clinch, she does like great elbows and knees, and I just love how dynamic she is. And Lauren I mean, Murphy, Doctor Neville, Doctor Neville is one of mm. the best MMA. I didn't names. know that was one of hers. But Lauren Murphy is like the same reason why I like Dan Severin. Like she just wrestled. Like that's all she got going on. Um, she's such a good Twitter follow too. She just mean. I, like I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't really follow her oh, on Twitter. I mean, spoiler alert. I got Lauren Murphy. Just I, I you did know. like ahead, her. I, she she kind of endeared herself to me in the countdown show and the uh, what's it called the uh, the embeddeds for uh, that 
first time they went to Abu Dhabi, right, to do a crowd. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, yeah, we don't have a gym or anything. I'm just in the hotel parking lot. I'm doing squats. And she's like, I ran into this guy. She's like, <laughs> just real, like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to like one of the biggest fights of your life. And you're just training next to that guy's like park cab. Like this is All so right. janky. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna go with Lauren. Um, in in this fight, it's kind of the opposite of some of the other ones. Like this is win win. Like whoever gets it is probably getting a title shot, and I like both of them. So like, agree and agreed, Bobby. They're going to go fight someone that's probably going to completely demolish them. But you know, at least for a moment, they're going to be a contender. So I'll yeah, go I got Murphy. Lauren. Mur- I got Lauren Murphy. Also, she's ran off four straight wins. Um, I thought she was already getting this title shot. I remember after for like month for at least a month on this podcast, I said Lauren Murphy's next without realizing this fight was fucking booked. Well, it seems um, like yeah, they just may as well preserve a contender and sacrifice them both because there's not a lot of exciting things coming down the pipeline. Well, we got we got one thing coming down the pipeline. Remember what's her name's coming? Uh, Tatiana Suarez right. is going to 125. After That's it. Two and a half years. That's out. all we got, yeah. Steph. <laughs> That's all. She's gonna get one win, and then they're gonna send her for a title shot. Yeah, I got Lauren Murphy. I think this is going to be, um, for the sake of entertainment in the next fight, we probably want JoJo to win because Lauren Girl. Murphy got, uh, look, I like Lauren Murphy. All her fights are boring. Um, and, uh, she would get destroyed by Valentina. Not that JoJo wouldn't. You got a feeling Valentina would take her down to just make a point. Like, make, Valentina's at that point in her career where she's like, this girl thinks she could do that, huh? Fuck you. I'm going to do that now. You know, <laughs> that's right. I'm the captain now. All right. That's Joe. That's Valentina's new move. Um, yeah. So that's the only fight we're split on, right? Two, two. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know what? I rubbed off on you guys. A lot of the other ones, we at least got someone that's going the other way. I mean, not all yeah. of them. <laughs> I mean, look, not all of them, but there's a good handful. Look, I could be, I could be talked into Dave. If you give me a few more days, I'll end up. Yeah, you were like saying, I'd... like, oh, I'm forced to pick against Nate, and they're like, no, you're not forced. Yeah, to but he's not an exciting him. guy, Bobby. He's uh, not like the hot prospect that you really want to hit your wagon to. Like, he, he, look, first of all, I remember the name. Okay, that's his oh. nickname. I remember the name. That's a bad MMA nickname, by the way. Just on the list of bad ones, we said Doctor Neville's good. You know, she also has bad mofo Jojo. Um, no, both of them way better. Yeah, remember the name. Backups for good Damian, ones. Damian, I don't think Damian Maya even has a nickname. Nope. <laughs> Damian Maya is here to sell his DVD, his jujitsu for MMA DVDs. All right, <laughs> you can pick up on his website. I'm really surprised JoJo. No one's at least told her to like get on the "Is this a JoJo meme?" train. You know, she could just be doing all that shit and become beloved by all the children. Um. All right. Uh, let's do stuff we like and get out of here. Um. Stefan, let's talk soccer. Yeah. And this is why we're talking national soccer. Because this is the only time America cares about soccer, and that's when it is the U.S. national men's team. Yeah. Uh, and I specifically men's, because the women's is the best in the world, and they do not get enough respect. But the men's team did something big last night. We won the Conca, CONCACAF. I can't say it. I CONCACAF. CONCACAF championship beat Mexico's ass. That's right. I mean, it, it, it went to extra time. There was shit being thrown on the field. Uh, Pulisic, Pulisic, I don't Pulisic, Pulisic. I can't say this kid's name. Pulisic, Captain America, they call him. Yeah. The motherfucker, I'm a call him a motherfucker, Stefan. He's the fucking forward for Chelsea, and I hate Chelsea so much. But Arsenal sucks, so I'm okay. I'm bored with this kid. Um, yeah, uh, we're good. I'm not saying we're gonna do anything in this World Cup, but we're young and good. Yeah. Like the World Cup after this, I'm expecting quarterfinals yeah whether we're ever good enough to win the big granddaddy of anything is probably Mm -hmm. true but this is as in soccer terms this is the golden generation of american soccer this is our best generation our players are all young and in their 20s it's not a bunch of fading legends you know there's actually something to be excited about um but just for some context of the game 
you know, because I presume anybody listening to this, there's not a lot of big soccer fans in general. I can't presume uh, people know what the stakes are in this, but um, you can believe this. The USA Mexico rivalry is fierce. When American- by the way, if you're Mexican, if you if you watch this game, you might be Mexican, and I just yeah. want to say, eat it, eat it. <laughs> we won. Stefan, go ahead. I mean, yeah, like, uh, I don't normally support xenophobic comments, but, like, this is how bad the soccer rivalry is. Um, that, wasn't, that wasn't xenophobic. I'm not, I'm not saying you – I'm saying in general. I'm not trying to go in that direction, which you, this could very easily descend into. But the type it's the type of rivalry when American players play in Mexico, they get bags of urine and feces thrown at them. This isn't a middle finger. This isn't – with all due respect to Russell Westbrook, getting popcorn poured on your head—that is a—that is a summer delightful treat compared to what gets thrown at you in Mexico. And they were playing in Colorado, but that did not stop them. They there were so many bottles thrown. Poor young Claudio Reyna got decked in the jaw and dropped uh, by garbage what? and debris that was being thrown onto the field. Wait, is that the American or the Mexican? Because two of them, two Claudio Reyna is the son. Oh no, Claudio is the the dad who was one of the American star players, but his young son. Oh. Who Giovanni oh. Reina, who's like one of the he's like seventeen year old, one of the future mm-hmm. soccer prodigies, um, kind of a le- being a legacy kid. Um, but yeah, he got decked. Um, they are Italian uh, of descent, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, this was bad. The game got delayed in the uh, opening half due to homophobic chants from the Mexico side. Um, like it is a bad, bad rivalry. Um, but it was an exciting, exciting game. You know, it's not just that there were big stakes. Uh, USA gave up a goal in the first minute, and it looked like yeah. it was bad. And then it was like, that's terrible. There was an equalizer. Then they gave up another goal, and it was bad. And then uh, the American goalie, he injured his leg and had to leave. You know, there's only three substitutions in a soccer match, and this goalkeeper is never one of them. That's one of the ones who's going to play. You know, it's you know the it's it's like the backup quarterback in football. You don't expect to see them. And it's usually a really bad sign if you do in a game. Um, but he came on. They uh, they miraculously equalized. Then in extra time, in the second half of extra time, they got the late penalty. The U.S. did to go up three uh, three to two. And then in the extra extra time, where like this game is going to stop at any moment, Mexico got a handball penalty uh, against the United States, which allowed them to get an equalizing penalty shot. And then Ethan Horvath, son of Mr. Horvath, our high school government and poli sci teacher, but probably not uh, backup had been benched in his European club makes the play of his life. And he saves that extra penalty time goal to preserve the three, two win for the United States with all the Mexico fans just throwing drinks and debris. There ended up being two fans who ran onto the field in the final minute of the game. It was just a chaos zoo. Um, The atmosphere was crazy. Um, And you know what? Coming off of Memorial day, not that long ago, everyone loves a little bit of national pride, right? So here's some good national pride that we can enjoy and not be ashamed of. Um, the U.S. soccer team winning was one of the most spectacular matches I've ever watched. Yeah, that was uh, that was really cool. That was my one thing I liked. Um, I think what else I had this week. Played more Miles Morales. That was really fun. Um, I uh, I've, I've been doing all the fucking side shit, like getting all the tech parts and stuff, and. All that. I, I, every time it's interesting, I, pl- there's enough time between when I play that I entirely forget how to use that, like, the, the electricity shit. The, uh, so I gotta figure those fucking controls out every time. I'm like, what do I do again? Oh, yeah, here we go. I, I do love um, doing all the collectathon missions in these Spider Man games. I like getting all the little 
memory artifact things and all the costumes. I don't know if you've gotten these yet, Bob. There's only one thing that I didn't do to completion in this game, and that was the bullshit find the sound side quests. I don't know if you've done those I yet. I don't think I've gotten there yet. No. You, have to, you have to figure out what's making the sound on your voice recorder. That just sucks. Those. You just look around for a half hour and you're like, I don't know what's fucking making the sound. Why don't you give me a clue <laughs> at this point? Like, I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, yeah, I got to play that new PS5 game that was free on PS Plus. I got to give that a shot. I was asking Mark about it. Um, I forgot now what it's called. Um, I saw uh, WWE fired a lot of people. It's not something I like, but that was just news. And I was like, wow, I th I think they're selling. I'm one of those people who thinks they might sell, personally. I know it sounds weird to imagine, but this seems like the moves of people trying to sell. But anyway, that was really soccer is what I like. They canceled Jupiter's Legacy. I watched Invincible, but the guys already talked about that like two weeks ago. You guys watched all that shit already, right? You guys went to the But how did you feel at the end of that first episode? Oh, I really like it. And for me, uh, uh, Homeboy being voiced by uh, J.K. Simmons is a bit of a mindfuck mm -hmm. because... When I'm watching an animated uh, cartoon, I got a certain expectation who J.K. Simmons is, and it is not a hero. He's not asking you know, for or, you know, or anything. He's not, yeah. He's like, he's, I'm also like, is I he mean, the voice in the, the game too? Is he the voice in the Spider-Man game too? He is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's also in that too, man. I've had too much J.K. Simmons playing J. Jonah Jameson in my life. It's been that way since I was 16. He's been J. Jonah Jameson. It's too much. I can't expect them to be somebody else. <laughs> That's why it was really good that they did put him in these new mm -hmm. Peter Parker ones again, because I just can't. I can't handle anyone else being uh, Jay Jonah. Like, like he, he is he, Jay he, Jonah to me. He's fucking. He's fucking Commissioner Gordon in DC shit, and I'm like, Jay Jonah Jameis is not a cop. If, get his ass out of there. <laughs> I mean, if we ever get a Jay Jonason prequel where he's in journalism school, uh, I want them to de-age uh, J.K. Simmons. I don't want them to go find a young actor. That's that's how committed I am to him being the uh, Jay Jonah in my life. Yeah, uh, that's really it. I don't got anything else going on. Marcus, what do you got? Yeah, I got a little bit of everything, a couple weeks off. So um, I know Steph saw it too, but, uh, you know, put the masks on, went over to the movie Theta, because that's the only place you could see Quiet Place 2. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, I'm not going to get super deep in it, into it because a lot of other things, but I really enjoyed it as a sequel. Um, had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, more recently, The Conjuring 3 just came out on HBO Max, and I also enjoyed that. You know, me and Christine had to watch the first two, and I think they're fun horror flicks, you know. Personally, I don't get into the supernatural stuff, so I don't find them like scary, but they're interesting, if nothing else. That's and also, Patrick Wilson, right? Uh, Patrick Wilson's the guy that the guy from Watchmen. The yeah, and Vera he Formiga. Was, they're like a. It's he, a he, he does all these, right? They're recurring yeah, okay. characters. There are a couple who are recurring characters in these. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw oh, an yeah, article about how good. Uh, I saw an article about how good, how good he does in these. Yeah, okay. I mean, what <laughs> what I did find funny is like the whole premise of the movie is that this kid murders somebody, and he says he's possessed by um like the devil or whatever he's possessed by a demon um and when you hear about the stories like yeah i can actually just see him like in this scenario just going off and killing this person and this is like and even some of the other ones like yeah i could see how this scenario would play out differently and she might just murder that person because she's a spiteful lover or something if things didn't go out the way they say so i thought that was funny it was like as someone that doesn't really believe in the supernatural i could easily see how these were not supernatural cases but whatever um this other movie came out a while ago, but I just saw it on HBO Max, and I always wanted to see it. Um, Doctor Sleep, which is a weird sequel to The Shining, 
And honestly, for most of it, I was like, did this even need to be a sequel to The Shining? And then the end, they're like, oh, yeah, we're <laughs> it's pretty much had to be because we're, we're going back to the hotel, baby, for whatever goddamn reason, which didn't make a lot of sense. But it was really fun. I did enjoy that movie. Um, and then I did see, I don't know if you guys caught it, uh, Bo Burnham's special on Netflix Inside. I'm guessing not. I saw that it, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw that it uh, existed. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I don't know if you guys were familiar with his stand-up. He's kind of one of those musician uh, comedians. And the premise of his whole special is that he did it all during quarantine. He did it all by himself. So he shot it, edit, and obviously wrote it and performed it himself. Um, and it's really, it's really interesting. I do think as a musician, he kind of has... His range isn't so vast that, like, you know, he's probably doing like ten songs, and and after a couple of them, they they, car- they start sounding a little samey. They're still funny and clever. I honestly like the bits where he was just ragged. I mean, he had one. My favorite bits were he had one bit where he was kind of making fun of like YouTubers and their reactions because he did a video. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna react to it, and then he and then like it keeps playing on as he's reacting to it. And he's like, well, now I'm reacting to my reaction. I thought that bit was funny. And then he does a bit where he's like a Twitch streamer and he's playing a video game where he's like playing himself. And I thought that bit was really good. The songs themselves were really, there's someone that are really good. I mean, for me, it was just like after, I think it's like, that was like a two hour special. It was like, they're starting to feel a little samey, but they're still really clever. And the amount of like, to do all that stuff yourself is an enormous feat in and of itself. Um, So lastly, I want to put a spotlight on some games because I've not really been, you know, this whole year I just probably because i don't have a ps5 and i just feel like there hasn't been a lot of stuff coming out that has really interested me as much but there's a lot of stuff coming out this week that i'm kind of on the fence but if i want to play or wait until i get a ps5 but um the kind of dlc for final fantasy 7 final fantasy 7 integrate is coming out this week this is basically like a dlc level with yuffie and some other new character and they're going to midgar and having misadventures and that's interesting i'm kind of on the fence like eh, i could probably wait until i get a ps5 and really get that hd um looking stuff so maybe i'll wait on that this other game you can't play unless you have a ps5 and i think bob you might enjoy it um i don't think you ever played any of the ratchet and clank games um but i think they could be kind of up rally they're platformy cartoony i know what they are shooting I, I stuff if I played, it was not much. Yeah, I, don't think I mean, I did, to they, be they came out in the PS2 era after Crash, but they have a lot of that kind of cartoony, platformy kind of like fun, and, and it looks really good on PS5. Um, but it is an exclusive, so I'm not going to be able to play that. Um, and then I really want to kind of put a spotlight um, this last week. Uh, in every month, PlayStation Plus gets new games. Kind of a surprise one that was just announced a couple weeks ago that was also included in PlayStation Plus was a new version of Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown, which. I've I've always had a soft spot for fighting video games. You know, obviously, I love combat sports. I love video games. They go together. I've been playing fighting video games most of my life, and I can't say I was ever very proficient at it. And I don't know what it is about Virtual Fighter Five, but like I'm seeing the Matrix, and by the Matrix, I mean like the very simple concepts of fighting games that have eluded me most of my life, like frame counting and advantage and disadvantage, and like how fighting mechanics work. And like it's clicking to a point where I'm playing online and one, I'm not getting smoked, which is I think the most frustrating thing when you play online and someone just completely manhandles you. It's just like the most demeaning thing in the world. You just feel like a child and this person slapping you around. There's nothing you can do about it. And it's just like it's, and it's something it's some third it's actually is a child doing it too, and then he tells you you can have sex with your mom. I mean, luckily, it's a real rough situation. There hasn't been anyone talking when I played Virtual Fighter Five, which probably helps, yeah. but it, that it's just like sometimes you play Street Fighter. It's just like I couldn't do anything. 
or like uh there's Marvel's something Capcom about was like, fighting games specifically too right where it's not it's unlike losing a first person shooter a sport game there's something personal in losing a fighting game because i remember back you know we used to play uh at our buddy eddie's house and hang out there a lot uh our old pal christian there was one night where Christian was so pissed off at me because he couldn't beat me at Street Fighter. I was even picking random to make it really insulting. Uh, I was being a dick. We were young and in our early 20s back in the day. But yeah, there's just something that you feel it in your soul when you lose at a fighting game. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, for most games, I don't play online for that reason. I'll just play arcade mode a couple times, lose interest, and drop out. But, you know, a couple, I, I've been dipping my toe in and I have been loving playing Virtual Fighter 5 online. I mean, I, it could be that, like, I'm just, I'm not going to completely manhandle, but even the matches where I lose, like, I'm understanding why I lost. It was like, okay, I try to do this when I, when I shouldn't have, or I tried to attack them when they were still in their chain and their combo, or I could have blocked here, or I could have dodged there. Like, I'm understanding, like, okay, I know why I'm losing, and that really takes the edge off of, like, getting frustrated. And then, you know, honestly, my, my win loss ratio is, you know, higher than 50%. So, and, and honestly, like, a lot of the matches are just fun and they're close. And there is something about, you know, I think a lot of the fighting games don't really, they're not super realistic, right? You know, look at Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, you're throwing projectiles and doing all kinds of crazy shit. And Virtual Fighter is definitely more grounded, which I think there's some appeal there for me as well. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm really having a blast and I'm really enjoying my time there. So yeah, I mean, if you have PlayStation Plus and, you know, you like fighting games, definitely check out Virtual Fighter 5. You know, it's a, it's a good remake of, you know, probably a decade old game because. Um, and then one thing I will recommend too, since it's on PlayStation Plus, I did get the ten dollar DLC, which gives you a bunch of customizable stuff. Which I honestly thought, like, whatever, I'm not going to customize my character. But now that I'm playing online, I absolutely have, and that's been fun. But it gives you the ability to play as like the low poly versions of the characters from the first Virtual Fighter. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like Virtual Fighter definitely holds a special place in my heart because it was such a groundbreaking game at the time with 3d graphics and just like just seeing the cabinet at bowling alleys and stuff i'm just like and there's also a simplicity to it too where mortal kombat and street fighter had a lot of buttons so street fighter has six mortal kombat has five and virtual fighter was kick punch and guard it's like there's not a lot here to, to mess with like there's only so many variations moves really aren't that difficult to pull off. It's just knowing when to do them. And now that though all those things are starting to connect, I really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna there was, give a there was something really uh you said really real and grounded about it. Like I can still picture the slam animations because like one of the main guys is like Aikido is his style. And you know, you had you didn't really get fighting games like that. So that mixed with uh the like polygon like early computer graphics. Like I've seen that action figure of Akira in the all blocky <laughs> form you know uh and so i always thought that was cool but um yeah i was watching max talk about this game a bit so i was interested in checking this one out because i did used to be solid uh pretty decent at this one back in the day as well yeah so i've been enjoying it so that's all i got um yeah let's close it out i, I also saw a quiet place too um loved it highly recommend it you know it, it's going to be in theaters for a little bit so I'm not going to really spoil anything as I as basically my quick review is unnecessary sequel. But as far as unnecessary sequels go, probably one of the best ones. Uh, it's a really well-made, really well-told story. Um, and it's fun. It is that it's, it has a very unique experience where it kind of feels crowd participatory, where uh, even though it's low capacity, there's kind of this feeling that you should be quiet, too. And everyone kind of notices those popcorn bag crinkles 
uh, that people are making in the crowd. So um, I do enjoy that atmosphere. Um, and then just to, we're growing long, so I'll just make only one other recommendation. I mentioned it to you, Bob. I ended up in a bit of a uh, YouTube uh, rabbit hole. Um, and it's funny, Mark, I thought of it immediately when you were talking about uh, the, the Conjuring movie and you're like, okay, I can see what the real world version of this is where there doesn't involve mm -hmm. a devil because the initial video that sent me down this rabbit hole um, so the channel is called JCS Criminal Psychology, but the name of the video was um, how to tell what uh, pretend acting crazy looks like. Um, mm. And so the channel, it goes into real world cases and interrogations um, and things that I immediately recognize. But rather than focusing on the details of the case or the crime itself, it goes into the psychology aspect. That's, that's like 90% what you see is the interrogation footage and the, the cameras where you see what their like movements and machinations are. And so this video chronicles Nicholas Cruz, um, who was the Parkland High School shooter where he murdered 17 people. Um, in the aftermath of his arrest, you saw, and this is what it breaks down, is he was attempting to do the insanity defense, of where if I'm hearing voices, if the demon told me to do it, and it then kind of you have the you know, you have the benefit of hindsight and the narrator to inform you that the investigators know under everything that he's doing, but they're not going to tell them that he knows, so they're just going to get him to incriminate himself further. And then they right. do a case where they show what a that actually had a criminal insanity conviction, what looks like, and what are the differences. And this kid guy, he had no sense of self preservation. He admits to everything. He talks to you. He just has no emotional response to anything that should make him feel sad or worried. Like he gives himself up immediately. And, you know, they, they kind of, that video goes into that. That's one of the great myths of the criminal system is that the, ins the ins insanity defense can prevent you from getting the death penalty. It will not get you a lighter or easier sentence. They're like going to an insane yeah, an asylum enough. is worse than being in prison. Like having to choose the two. I mean, it's, it's an admit that you did it. You, yeah. You're admitting that you did it. It's an affirmative defense. Like you did that. You're yeah. saying I did it. It just got me. It's, you think you're avoiding. Mm -hmm. it's, it's basically they say the reason people pretend is they think it will be a lighter sentence than what the actual reality truth is. But it was just so fascinating breaking down like all his mannerisms of how, where he contradicts himself of how the investigator got him to go away and to start admitting to some like things here. Um, so it's just really, really fascinating. That led me to um, a breakdown of the Casey Anthony trial. Uh, it led me down to the breakdown of Chris Watts and his interrogation. And that shit is chilling. You know, um, it is chilling to see a man like talking so calmly mere hours after he murdered his two children, wife and unborn child. Like he just went on a murder, like fucking like annihilation and how like the way he can talk. Um, so with, it does, you know, obviously touch on what the, the crime was and the results, but it doesn't focus on that so much as, you see the psychology of the criminal and like what their preservation tactic was during the investigation, during the trial. Um, it's just a different way to look at it that I just found so, so compelling. I will spoil one part of the Chris Watts thing, which was amazing because I'd never seen the footage. Um, it's he, he goes to take a lie detector test and the lie detector person who's applying it without tipping her hand that she knows this guy is a bad liar. She sets the stage to agitate him before he takes it. And she's like, you know, I just want to thank you because you're a really bad liar. Like your readings when you lie are so obvious. They're like, if you are guilty, you'd have to be totally stupid to be here and doing this. So, you know, like, that's why I know that you're going to be fine. You're going to be, we're going to, we're going to find the truth here because you are terrible at lying. 
Um, and then it just proves true. Uh, so that stuff is just, I'm not normally one of those murder mystery podcast types, which are so popular with so many people I know, but this one channel, man, I just started like letting them play. Say the name again. Uh, uh, it is JCS, um, like initials, JCS criminal psychology. Um, shit. This, this was a YouTube rabbit hole and like dude has like 15 million subscribers. So apparently a lot of people already do know about it. Um, I like I said, I know this this topic is really fascinating to a lot of people, but for someone who doesn't normally fall into that genre, I, I got really hooked on this series. That interrogation footage is just so interesting because it's kind of not what you typically get in the public, like I. Yeah, Watts's wife was pregnant too. Yeah, it was an unborn son. Three. Yeah. yeah, made the beat and murdered it. Casey Anthony. So, so, that was one thing head. is, I, yeah. I you know, is I, I have a different sensitivity to it. It is, it is hard. It's, it's like after it, though I have binged it, I can't binge it all in succession. These cases are gut punches for me. Like, yo, yeah, yo, I, these are um. When I, yeah, I, I imagine I don't, I, I don't so disassociate myself from these things that they're just an entertaining thing. Like when I think about like the human cost of what some of these things were, particularly that Chris Watts one, like it is hard. It is. It makes me not want to consume anything for a minute. Yeah, but you know, it, bro, it's this, interesting to know. You know, we shouldn't ignore these things that happened either. This is the first week and probably a couple of weeks that I didn't say watch Dark Side of the Ring because, um, just like not murder, but it was an entire episode about a guy named Grizzly Smith who was Jake the Snake Roberts's father, who was a wrestler and a rapist of children, and would like nine year olds. So 10 minutes in, this is what was going on in that episode. And Mike was watching it. And Mike texted me. He's like, holy fuck, man. I, what? What? And I'm like, yeah. No, I feel you, man. Sometimes, like, you can't consume a lot of this stuff too much. Like, and I, that, I had to, like, keep pausing. I'm like, like, I knew the Casey Anthony one. But I just felt so enraged. Because it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's one of those things in hindsight, you kind of, it gets further away. It's like, when I realized, like, how much this woman didn't care. Like, she just did not care there, about anything. And it was hard to kind of remember that. And I even saw, like, one of the top comments is like, great, now I'm angry again. Like, because that's kind of <laughs> how you feel. It's like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm angry all over again. Like, but this I don't know. I don't know why I saw this headline a couple weeks ago that said, people keep throwing drinks in Casey Anthony's face at Florida bar. And I was like, well, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Like, that, that's why <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's part of why I ended up checking out that video second was like, she had been in the news recently. And I was like, I hadn't heard that name in a long time. And honestly, last time I heard her name was that Childish Gambino like lyric reference in a bonfire. <laughs> like, yeah, um, she um, she had escaped the hub guy. So you know what? I like it. You know, there was a person in the comments said, "I work at Quiznos," and she got a sandwich. And he's like, "I didn't realize till I handed it to her who I was making the sandwich for." But he's like, "I really regret that. I absolutely would have spit in her sandwich." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's the attitude I want. Like, I like that. Good, good job, spit in her sandwich." Guy. If you're if you're a person like that, and like you got away with something like that, or even if you've convinced yourself you didn't do it, but the public thinks you did it, it's time to move, like to a different country, right? Like, unless you got some sort of like probation going or something like you need to leave probably yeah, so like, you need to go live in you can't quit that florida bar scene you know i mean just go down to like you know go to mexico live in mazatlan or something go hang out by the beach there or something man i'm just saying that's like like oj simpson moved to florida and played golf and then still went back to jail it's amazing he still managed to go this is a side note you know uh john hinckley the guy who tried to kill reagan um he's got a youtube channel now he's out of jail and he's just singing folk songs that he wrote. 
And I was listening to one of these, and I'm like, one, I'm like, this isn't bad. And then two, I'm like, this is real fucking weird, man. We like this is the this is it. This is what I, I've reached the end of YouTube. This is the when this is over, we turn around and go back. I just you know, <laughs> it's the end of the whole thing. Like we've been saying um, the last couple of years now, Bobby. The internet was a mistake. <laughs> Clearly. Um. All right, boys and girls, we'll be back next week. Um. I think the UFC's. I mean, they gave us a week off, so chances are we're not going to have another one of those forever. And let me tell you, next week, Korean Zombie, Dan Ige, we're picking that fight. And woo, I don't know what to do already. Don't know what to do. Um, I mean, right now, I'm wearing my yeah. uh, Korean Zombie shirt that our man didn't get proceeds from, apparently. Yeah. Um, my guy Tim Means Business on there. The lesser Lima brother is on that card against Matt Brown. Maybe he'll be inspired by his brother's Possible victory, I don't know. Might have just jinxed him to look to do well. I mean, there's some stuff happening on that card, man. Not a lot, but some. Um, anyway, we'll be back next week. Mike should be back. You know? Um, I won't be talking about how excited I am for Fast and Furious 9. That's two weeks away. That's going to be my first movie in theaters. If anybody will go with me. Anyway, thank you all for listening. The guys have such a look of disgust on their face. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back next week. As I mentioned, I was Dr. Law. Kid Presentable. DJ Mark. Shout out to our boy Lavender Gooms. See y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. Cheers.